Hi, I'm Ollie from currently in Ohio. <laughs> I'm Cinna from also in Ohio. Oh my god, are you across the microphone from me? I am this across is... the microphone from you. This is amazing. How do you get in here? Um, <laughs> so I, I was just sold in. So. <laughs> Did, who fucking bought you? Do I need to have a talk with Dave? Annie. Oh, you know what? Yeah. That tracks. Right, she was like, you will pet me and let me lick your face, therefore you are uh, mine now, and I will buy you. Well, you know, slogs, slogs? Slogs. Dogs buying slaves is ethically okay, <laughs> so I guess you're just my dog slave now. <laughs> yeah, I can still be your friend, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't affect our relationship. No. Just my relationship with your dog. <laughs> yeah, which is none of my business. I know, So right? yeah, Between me and the dog, if she wants her. to chew on my fingers, I have to let her. Now, I do have a question. What did she pay with exactly? You know, I didn't think to ask. You're like, I wasn't privy to the I didn't sell me in. Yeah, no, I don't know who sold me in. I just know that Annie bought me. Wow. There's a whole whole situation going on it. Now, did she do it over the internet? Is it something I'm going to have to account for to the FBI? Yeah, because I mean, I wasn't, you know, here, obviously, Mm, when this transaction occurred. Obviously. Yeah. Wow. I just got, you know, word that I had to drive out to Ohio because this dog now owns me. Because slavery, that process is voluntary. They just inform you <laughs> and then you just go to where you've been sold to. Say, oh, all right. Well, I'll just leave my entire life behind. Yep. I'll just pack up a few bags. Just a few bags. Just the back of my car. <laughs> it's fine. I took all of the comforts of home with me. Is it? No, you know what it is? It's probably like a um, a human, like an Airbnb, but for a human. <laughs> So she just she she bought home. you uh-huh. for the week. Oh, okay. So I can go home. Yeah, when the contract oh. is finished. That would be interesting. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, yeah, that is why I'm here. Wow, okay. That's a conversation. It's a weird start. We've been recording for four minutes. Oh, wow. Anyway. Hi. Hi. Hello. I'm glad uh, that you're here. It worked out it that you're here so it we could do this recording. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm not really happy to be talking about this book. Mm, but never. We are at the beginning of season 13 Gross. of Backlist and Chill. We are talking about the Mavra. The Mavra. The Mavra by Amelia Atwater Rhodes. This is Blood Witch, book one of this trilogy. If you are just joining us for the first time, what we do here is we read old books that we read when we were younger, probably, at least one of us. I mean, we're younger than we are now, yeah, currently. Yeah. Well, the author that we're doing for this one, this is the final season for this author, so we are... Thank God. <laughs> we were much older. These are much more recent books. 2014 is when this one came out. Yes. So we were significantly not teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> not Significantly not teenagers is what they call adults. <laughs> <laughs> so... So yeah, we're at the end of this one, so uh, it's not quite as old as some of the ones we've done. <laughs> but we read these old books. Sometimes they're okay. Most of the time, they're they've got problems. Some of the time, they're fucking awful. This is one of those. one of those times. Yeah, absolutely. Now I have a question for mm-hmm. you. Oh wait, um, but I forgot the most important part, and then. We also tend to drink about them. Yes, yeah. we do drink. And yes. we're going to move on to that. But I want to take us back a little bit. Mm-hmm. You called it the Mavra. Mm-hmm. Why is it not the Maevra? The Maevra? Because it's M-A-E-V-R. It's M-A-E-V-E apostrophe R-A. 
Is that not May Eve? I mean, I know uh, Amelia pronounces things in ways that don't make sense. And I, I absolutely understand this to be the canonical pronunciation. Sure. I'm asking why. I do believe that both the canon and the Gaelic pronunciation. pronunciation oh, that is right. Maeve. Maeve. That's like a Gaelic spelling. That's true. Yeah. So Maybe. it's more a question of why was an Egyptian snake priestess what a great question named Maeve (laughs) what an interesting fundamental to this world question right that makes absolutely no sense sense. yeah I guess I can buy Kiesha is it Kiesha or is it Kiesha I know it's the Kiesha I feel like it's supposed to be pronounced Kiesha like a like a because that is how it's spelled the name right Mm -hmm. but it's Kiesha as far as I've always heard it that sounds author like a made-up nonsense word. Yeah, so it should be the Kishara and the, the Mavra, which is actually... Mm-hmm. Honestly, right. this doesn't make any sense to be the Mavra because the first character we get is not even related to Maeve. So. I, why was this called the Mavra? Because it's about the Obsidian group, and the Obsidian group are the White Vipers. Right. But... But they're not. The only white viper is the final protagonist yeah. of the trilogy. Well, so. and the only white vipers in it are um, him and Misha. And Misha, Misha, which is right? what, a dude's name? Uh, both. Is it? Gender neutral? I think it's male in Russian, okay. right? Because I think that's where it comes from. Yeah. But I, I've heard it as a woman's name. As a woman's name? name? Okay. I'd only ever heard it as a dude's name. Mm. But yeah, no, we, we don't meet a lot of the Obsidian Guild, at least not in this one, no. but I don't think there are any other white vipers yeah no there's a dead white viper (laughs) and there's malachi and there's misha and they're the ones who are actually obsidian so they're the only ones who are related to mave so i don't know why it's called the mavra it's dumb just like well i had the kishara so now i'll have the mavra i feel like that's what it you know it should be but it doesn't doesn't i would call this like the fall of midnight or something like yeah or just midnight 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 series yeah which i guess is less Mm. So it's hard because mm-hmm. it is a less unique name for you to search. True. That, but Mavra is such a, well, how do you spell that, honey? Right. Uh, 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 I don't know. Is there an apostrophe? Right. Where does it go? Or if you look at it, maybe you're pronouncing it Maivra or something else. Like you're, you're, you're 14 and you're trying to find this series and you're like, it's the mm, Mavra. Mothra? I don't know. Mothra? The Mothra Trilogy? The Mothra Trilogy? Better. Better books. (laughs) The Mothman Trilogy? Also better books. Yes. So, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like Midnight is more descriptive of the book. Yeah. But I can see why you wouldn't want to do that. Even though it does feel gothier. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I would pick up... We could have tried at this a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like the Midnight something. The something that. of midnight or the midnight something. Well, because like we had Midnight Predator, right? Which is the first time we met mm. that back in season two. Mm. We talked about that. Anyway, this is a meaningless conversation. I mean, think it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ali, yes, I'm Anna? so happy that I get to look at your face <laughs> when I ask you this question. <laughs> um, how's how's it going with the park? How's the how's the new ride coming? Well, I have to tell you, we have merch now. More than we just do. the shirts. We do have merch now. It's amazing. You can go to Redbubble. I think it's what? Redbubble.com slash Backlist, backlist podcast. podcast. Okay. Yes, because it's not enough characters to do Backlist <laughs> and chill. Sorry. Never. Patreon is the only one who obliges in that I respect. I know. Very sad. Uh, but 
we've seen some of these in person, some buttons and stickers mm-hmm. of just silly stuff that we've like talked about, mm-hmm. and but particularly the uh, Vita Gym logo. Yes. So good. Right. And shout out to uh, Raven for helping us yeah. create a whole bunch of those. So that yes. was really nice. But the new ride. Yes. So... I had to pause on working on the Night World um, Haunted Hayride. Fair. We only fair. have three scenes in that, so that's not going to be open yet. Much like... <laughs> what is open in this park? <laughs> well, we've got Holly Black stuff open. Do we? Yeah, we already did that one. We had a bunch of Amy stuff already open. Did we? Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't Everything know Everything that. that we've done... Has is something. a ride? There's like a ride. There's like a dark ride or a roller coaster. <laughs> You're describing the rides the way that Amy describes characters. <laughs> like, um, it's a dark ride it's- and it has blue eyes and that's it. <laughs> it carries a katana. <laughs> the whole ride. <laughs> no. So I had to pause on the haunted house uh-huh. and um, now... You can go through, it's like a, not a tunnel of love, but you know, like when you get in the boats and I can't remember the names of those kinds of rides. It's still a dark ride. It's like a water dark ride. Okay. So it's a water dark ride Mm -hmm. and you sit in there and as you go through, you know, you're kind of like bumping along, doop-a-doop-a-doo. It's not very fast. A couple like, ah! Like like Pirates of the Caribbean. Totally exactly like Pirates of the Caribbean. And you get to the scenes and... I don't like where this is going. (laughs) When you get to the scenes, yeah, um, a, an actor comes out and says, "Please see the den of shadows <laughs> message boards." No, for more information about what was supposed to be in this scene. Wow, you'll see like maybe a couple characters and like not that great of costumes, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to upgrade them ever because mm. well, this is what I got to work with. Yeah, so like there's a cool snowstorm, and then that's it. You know, like yeah. and then you go on to the next scene, and then it's like here's midnight, and you're just kind of like. It's a straight line. And I look down there, there's an, there's another, like, straight line of doors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the the servant-slave area, and it's just some walls. Some other stone. Stone, stone walls yeah. with uh, dark stains. Yeah, absolutely. That, that might have probably been blood, but, you probably. know. If you ever at any point ask, what is this supposed to be? A cast member will come out and let you know that you can go to the <laughs> tdos.org. <laughs> And log into the message board. Um, you'll have to create your own login. Um, good fucking luck because it's all closed. Yeah, no. And you'll uh, have to go back to 2001. Way back machine, right? Yeah. 2001. To get that code and just trust us that the author knew what was supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And so if you just could see what was in the author's head, mm. this would be a really cool scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds awful. Oh, and then um, at the end, mm-hmm. uh, you think it's building to something? Mm-hmm. And a cast member just turns the lights on and tells you that the ride's over. <laughs> turn the lights they on. They turn the lights on. That's so rude. There's not even an unloading platform. No, it just, just like, ends. They just end it, and they're like, hey, "Get get, get off the fuck here. out. Get yeah. out." That's the end of it. Yeah. And then they like usually someone chases after you and is like, "It's about privilege." <laughs> <laughs> That is the the blood witch ride at the park. It's, like, it's about it's about privilege. Okay, bye. Okay, just <laughs> glad you know. <laughs> that one I pay a lot of money because they that's, do have to run. No, that's and that's worth it because really that's the point of the book. Yeah. So all the, the ride, I mean, it, the, the ride. ride, the point of the ride. Yes, yeah, it's, it's about privilege. All the ride is about privilege. So you <laughs> the experience that you got to go on that ride. Well, and you ex- yeah. experiencing the misery of this awful ride, 
Was, and then you get off it, and they're like, you, you know, privileged. Privileged. Just, yeah. You feel so privileged that you had the money to waste on this ride. Right. You know, other, other people, people don't have that. Other people, this is yeah. every day. Right? You Why know? would you, like, I have to work here. Yeah. You got to ride on the ride. Yeah. You had the day off. You could come here. Right? You could pay for a ticket. Yep, absolutely. You it's about ride. privilege. Yeah. It's about privilege. It's a super, like, artsy piece. The kind of shit you would see, like, someone do in New York who's just like, ah, you don't understand my art, Warren. It feels a little didactic. Yeah. Well, but, well. It's what I had to work with. You know? Not every ride can be a winner. Yeah. But I feel like this really encapsulates the source yeah. material. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you. I, I worked that. really hard to make sure that this one was true to the source material. <laughs> it's so true to the source material that it also sucks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's important. However, people love working in it. <laughs> yeah. Do they also get there with an app? <laughs> they get there with an app, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> You got me. You got me, Flash. <laughs> I got you on recording. <laughs> no, no. They like working there because they don't have to do much. <laughs> they just sit there, like, you know, in a folding chair waiting for someone to be like, what's supposed to be happening? And then they stand up and they go, ah, please go to this website. dot. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's pretty good. Well, I'm impressed. I um was really excited because this book can only produce the most problematic of theme park attractions. And I did a good job. You did a good it. job. Thank you. you were very impressed. No one, because at no point am I going to, you know, enslave anyone. <laughs> or depict the kind of awkward, no really it's slavery that exists in this book. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. So. I, it's a very meta ride. It is. It is yeah. very meta ride. Yeah. All right. So that that is the, the state of the park. And now everybody knows exactly what they're getting into with this episode. Cool. I need to crack this open because my it. throat is already dry. Well, that's great because we are going to be talking about what we're drinking next. Well, thank you for uh, sharing with me yeah. that ride. You're welcome. Happy um, to. What are you drinking ollie so today we went to the fancy pants silly adventure grocery store called jungle jam mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, i picked up new absinthe mm-hmm. because um i could so <laughs> I, could. I am privilege privilege this is all about privilege <laughs> do remember <laughs> um, so this is like one part St. George Absinthe Vert, or Verte, I don't know how people want to pronounce it. I would just pronounce it Vert. Sure. That's the French pronunciation. Yeah. And then, like, fucking five parts of this unfiltered Bruce Cost ginger ale made with fresh ginger, pomegranate, and hibiscus. Mm-hmm. And then not enough ice. Because not enough. No, because it just keeps melting. Well, it has been a little peek behind the curtain. Like an hour since we made these I things. I know, I know. We had to set up our, our nice little tent so that we wouldn't be as echoey. Which we need to take a picture of before we, we dismantle. Okay. But I'm going to try it for the first time. Please do. Hmm. Hmm? So, the, I'd read up on the St. George and it said that it was, like, not the same. It's it's not like other apps. <laughs> <laughs> no. And when I tried the Bruce Cost pomegranate ginger ale... Mm-hmm. Um, which you also had a chance to try. Mm-hmm. It's got that floral flavor. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that the floralness of this particular absinthe goes really well. Oh, good. With the, the hibiscus in it. Good. And it's interesting because it's like, oh, that's really quenchy, which you know I love a quenchy. You do. But then at the end, it just like shocks down the sides of the tongue with this tingly floral. And that's really interesting. It was, the ginger ale was very bitey. Yeah. So. I'm glad I didn't use the, like, spicy ginger ale that was there. That would have been rough. I know. I was thinking about it. And <laughs> I'm like, nah, let's do the pomegranate and hibiscus. Well, and it's such a good color. Like, it's about yeah. the color of the cover. Right. So I was going to call it a blood witch. Yes. Just because, you know, the book doesn't deserve my creativity. Mm. But it does look a lot like the cover. It does. It's very pretty. Could put a sprig of mint in it, maybe. Mm. And then that would be everything. Because yeah. that, that quetzal. Yes. Oh, yeah, the little tail feather. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's way high proof. That's why I didn't put nearly oh, as much. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's 60% alcohol. Woof. Yeah. Okay, so how about your beautiful drink? Oh, is it beautiful? I think it's beautiful because of the color. I guess. I'm genuinely terrified. Eh, it's mean, been sitting for an hour. With ice. No? With ice. Okay. Anyway. Tell us about it. My drink is scary. <laughs> It is amaretto mm-hmm. and creme de cacao mm-hmm. and oat milk mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. and just a little bit of grenadine. Mm-hmm. Which sank to the bottom. Which, yeah, which sank to the bottom. I put it in the grenadine last. I you saw. cannot see it on top. So it looks disgusting. <laughs> the goal was for, and you guys are going to love this, because obviously the most appealing thing about a drink is that it looks like diseased blood. <laughs> But it does. Like, that's really what you're going for. Like, remember, I know you all have read this. Mm. For some reason, you all went out and bought this before we put out the intro episode where we told you guys not to buy it. And I'm so (laughs) sorry. Like, I know at least two people who legit went and did this. And I think another two people were like, oh, I have that and I'm reading it. I'm so sorry. Yeah, this this one. This is the one? This is the one? This one. We'll tell you. Where were you for Forbidden Game? I know. I know, I think some people did go yeah, get no, for being Anyway. But after the episode. I, I apologize for ha- that happening to you. But you know the part in the book where they cut open one of the infected slaves' arms and the blood has pus in it somehow and it's somehow. like real nasty? Not clogging their heart or nothing. No, it's like that, but in a drink. <laughs> so I'm now going to put it into my mouth. And then it will go into your veins. Into my veins. <laughs> You don't drink it, I... you inject it into your veins. Ooh, woof. That might oh, be... So what's the name of your drink? I think what we decided was a Plague Bearer. Plague Bearer. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty fun. It's There's so much water on top. Oh, mm. Because the ice, you want to mix it a little? No. no. Your face. <laughs> well, so I'll look scared. away, I won't judge. I'm so scared, Ellie. Hmm. Yeah? So, obviously the oat milk's on top. Mm-hmm. So I just got a mouthful of oat milk, which... <laughs> As like, everybody knows, just tastes like oatmeal. Yeah. Which could be worse, right? Mm-hmm. Let me let me try to get some yeah. alcohol in there. I had to like bob my ice cubes to make sure. Wow, that's actually really good. <laughs> oh, I didn't steer you wrong. <laughs> no, this was your suggestion. Go for it. You're welcome to try my absinthe, but I think you'll hate it. I also think I'll hate it. But I do want to try it. Yeah. So Because gonna... we can. We can. We yeah, can try each other's it. drinks this All time. Right. All right. Oh, yeah. The oat milk's actually really nice at the end on that. Mm, That was good. And uh, I like mine. I'm glad you like yours. Oh, chocolate. That's the creme de cacao. 
You guys. The plague bearer. The diseased blood is good. <laughs> I get it now. I'm also a vampire. <laughs> You're like almost done with your drink. I love this. Well, listen, I did have to wash the licorice taste away. I'm sorry. That's fair. It is very bitey. Mm. It's good. And like the oat milk is so like nutty, like mm-hmm. nutty oatmeal taste that the like almond and then the chocolate. Yeah. So good. Okay. So how to make it is what? One part? Yeah. Honestly, I didn't measure anything. I just poured. <laughs> but yeah, basically one part amaretto, mm-hmm. one part creme de cacao cheapest you can find yeah that was the most important part you got those from the bottom i got both of those giant bottles ten dollars Which means you can make more of it it does i do have like the most expensive part honestly is probably the oat milk (laughs) (laughs) this is a drink that at a bar would be like twenty dollars but you can make it at home for two yeah yeah you make a bunch of them Uh, yeah, with just, you know, float some oat milk on top and some, uh, and drizzle some little drizzle of grenadine. Yeah. And it's real good. Yeah. Well, thank you, awesome. Ollie. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm glad. That was great. Yeah. All right. Hey. Let me get some winners, which is more than the book has. <laughs> Nobody wins. Nobody wins and all of you are reading it. I don't understand. I'm so sorry. <sighs> it's Okay. So, I do think we're ready, though, to move on right. to the blurb. Oh, do you have that? You do. Because you have the literal book in front I of you. I have the book. Get this nice book. I'm going to smell it. Oh, you can smell it, too. Here. Mm-hmm. Let me see. It has just like a... Put your nose almost, right in the crack. Yeah, right in the crack. So it's like a sour smell. Mm. It does. It's probably the chemical. It does have more of a book smell than most books mm. that are this new. Right. But it definitely smells like printing. Mm. It's not quite the latexy smell of the glue I'm used to from these new ones. It's and it's not as potent. That's what mm. I was like. It's not as potent as older books, like right. bookstore books. Oh, I found some old ass books the other day at a friend's house. They were just sitting there in a stack, and when they weren't looking, oh my god, really? I was just like, like a real fucking creep. All you have there is sniffing your book cracks. Sniffing your book. Not crack. even have the decency to do it to your face. No, because I didn't want them to know that I wanted to smell these books. Because we spent so long having books that didn't smell. I was just like, remind me what you smell. <laughs> I just it need was to know. It was so pulpy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was great. All right, but I do have the um, the hardcover with the little dust the jacket. And how are you pronouncing his last name? Ecaddle. Ecaddle. Okay. Vance Ecaddle was raised with every luxury he could imagine in a beautiful greenhouse in the powerful Empire of Midnight. So it's mad. already shaking her head. <laughs> Sorry. Vampires are the only guardians Vance has ever known since he was abandoned by his shapeshifter family as a baby Quetzal. And he is grateful to them for generously providing for his needs. When an act of violence forces Vance from his sheltered home, he meets Malachi Obsidian, a fellow shapeshifter with startling ideas about Midnight and its leader, Mistress Jessica. How do we say it? Jessica. <laughs> Malachi claims that Vance is a blood witch, and that Jessica and her trainers, Jaguar and Taro, are trying to control him. Vance doesn't know anything about the rare and destructive magic Malachi says he possesses, and he can't believe Jessica would use it to hurt others. But when his friends begin falling ill, Vance starts to realize that his world may not be as perfect as it seems. 
Now he must decide who to trust. The vampires he's always relied upon, or the shapeshifters who despise them. No, no blurb thing. But on the back, it does say, Loyalty. Power. Freedom. Legend says the resplendent Quetzal cannot survive in a cage. Romantics say the beautiful bird will die of a broken heart when deprived of its liberty. What is known is that imprisoned Quetzals kill themselves. I want to know if that's true. I, I had a similar question and then never looked it up, so please. I've had that question since, since the I read fucking that. book. Yeah. But what a weird back blurb for that about mm. what's known is that imprisoned Quetzals kill themselves. Like, I never felt like this character was going to burn himself down. I don't know. He was never under threat, in my opinion. Uh... Okay, they react very badly to being placed in captivity. Even established zoos have major problems keeping them to a standard where they will breed. Mm. Um, Says they're sometimes trapped to be kept as pets or captive for tourist attractions, which has drastically reduced their numbers. Mm. But there's no citations or anything. Nothing saying, if you keep a Quetzal in a cage, it'll die in 30 days. Yeah, so they have trouble breeding, but that makes sense. That happens to a lot of captive animals. You know, they have to, like, work hard to get them to fuck. Yeah, Yeah. because they're like, this is not normal. Yeah, so I would say that that's probably, like, based in fact. Okay. But I don't think it's literally true that they either kill themselves or immediately die. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nayusi Group. It's true for the shapeshifters. And it's, it's like kind of a poetic thing. And yeah. clearly folklore, folklorically true. Yes. Yes, yes. So. so now that we have discussed the blurb. Well, no, we didn't discuss the blurb. So. I've already forgotten it. That's fine. <laughs> no, it felt true. Sure. For what Vance believes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gave away so much of the plot. Like, I was surprised how deep into the plot it got. Does it? Well, yeah, because the whole uh, everyone falling Ill, Ill. Yeah. That doesn't happen until way late. I'd forgotten that entire plot line. That's because that is the plot. Mm-hmm. The plot. Yeah, but that's no, for not sure. the story. Yeah. I think that's why that arc feels like it wraps up too quickly. Mm. Because it gets introduced way too late. Mm-hmm. You just need, always needs more time. And, and yet, mm. I think you probably could have just moved it further forward. Yeah. Because there's a lot of time where Vance doesn't do much. Yeah. Right? What? Yeah, you know? He could just be like, hey man, you gotta get out of this greenhouse, because we've decided that you're a man now, you're 14. Let's go. <laughs> you're gonna come here and start training to use your magic. What? I've got magic? Mm. Yeah. I have so many questions about what their plans were for Vance. But anyway. <laughs> right. So, tell us about the cover. Oh, these covers. <laughs> They're not as hideous in person as they are digitally, which is usually the case. Uh-huh. Because digitally, you get like a lot of unflattering detail and artifacting. Mm. But it's still kind of boring. I The only thing I really like about this is the color scheme, I think. Yeah. Which, hmm, the next one is yellow. Yeah. Decisions. I really am not a yellow person. Are you a yellow person? No. I feel like... There are you either like softer color or, don't. or yeah, yeah. There's no in between. Yeah. Anyway. I like cooler colors. Yes, same. Yeah. But, you know, we play uh, board games with uh, Miranda. She'll always take the yellow. And I'm like, oh, great. Please. I'm glad somebody wants to. I don't want to get stuck with but it. But you are a freak. <laughs> so. <clears throat> sorry, everyone who likes yellow. Yeah, no, sorry. You are all freaks. You're freaks. 
Um, but we love you. <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> so uh, this is a very simple image, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of gradient-ish. Not gradient in the sense that it transitions from one color to another, but it's kind of like a gradienty blend of pinkish purple and a forest. And then in the background, it honestly looks like there's a fire. It looks like the intention is that something in the background is on fire, which is not something that I noticed previously. Right? So it looks like there's a fire. And that circle thing I'd always noticed. What, the leaves? Yeah. The Pocahontas leaves? Yes, the fucking Pocahontas leaves. Um, which I feel like the fire would be more appropriate if this were after Midnight Falls, because it does burn. It does, but I feel like you could have leaned into his whole, oh, a blood witch will burn your burn your blood, or they'll burn stuff down with a touch. Oh, I've watched them light fire on stones, you know, which is, of course, mm. some foreshadowing for later. Mm. But... He never burns anything. He causes a plague. Yeah, there's not a fire in this. Yeah, I think that if he started randomly causing people to spontaneously combust. Sure. <laughs> then that would make sense. Or again, if this were the last book and yeah. it was actually burning. Yeah. So the choice to kind of have it look like a fire happening back there is a little, little strange to me. But uh, maybe this one? Uh, it is It's Sammy Ewan. Okay. Uh, who's done, like, a bunch of, like, if you go to his, his portfolio, he has a lot of the work that he's done. He's done good work. Mm. Guess what's not in his portfolio? These guys. <laughs> None yeah, of these no. guys. So uh, that is the the dominant image is, like, the background, which is the, the yellow and orange fire gradient and then the forest texture. And then in the foreground, there is a, as we said previously, like a Pocahontas leaf swirl. And then in front of that, there is a very green, like, turquoise, tealy tail feather of the Quetzals. 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 Which are very distinctive. Like, yeah. if you've seen a Quetzal, you know what their tail feather Absolutely. looks like. Super They're long. They're teeny birds. And then there's, like, whoosh tail. It's so, it's what an interesting bird. They're it's so like great. a bird that shouldn't exist. You know. know what I mean? They're like those birds of paradise from, uh... Magic the Gathering cards. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems like a fantasy bird. Like, I honestly think that for a long time, I did not think that Quetzals were real. It's me and narwhals. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're bird narwhals. Every now and then I remember narwhals are a real right? thing. Right? It's not a made up thing. <laughs> um, and then in the very front, uh, the book is dominated by the title in a kind of boring um, block-like impact type font, but with a little, a few little bristles. Uh, Is any of this raised on this uh, yes, jacket? Yes, so okay. you do have that nice mm. little texture. And the book as itself, as you said, has a nice like matte texture. Yeah. And then some the title's like glossy-ish, glossy-er. Uh, and it says Blood Witch, obviously, and it has some like thorn filigree underneath it. And then the worst part of this entire cover is the tagline, Beware of those kept in cages, which is honestly just insulting yeah, on like a bunch yeah. of levels. Really promises a book that you do not get. Because <laughs> uh, you would expect someone kept in a cage to do something, anything. I would expect. With that, with that title. That or if, um, blurb. That if I picked up a book and it said, beware those kept in cages. If that book did not, and that book included like a slave empire. If that book did not end with mass murder or 
burning of some, some sort, some revolt. Enslaved people. I would be so angry. This yeah. is very misleading. Yeah. I feel like if you picked up picked up a book with this tagline today, absolutely would have dragged some revolution. Yeah. No, like like if you promised this in oh, a book I today, see what you're yeah, yeah. it would deliver. Yeah. This is a lie. This is also not the tagline that was on the Paperback? one of the original digitals. Oh, interesting. It had a different tagline. I don't remember what it was, but it was not this incendiary. Mm. So that feels like false advertising. It feels a little bit like trying to chase the zeitgeist to me. <laughs> and it's 2014, so like this book was being put together in 2013. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing. Yep. Ten I years know. ago. I feel like I feel like I would believe like if this came out in 2016 and then you put beware those kept in cages in here mm-hmm. that would feel more like appropriately zeitgeisty mm-hmm. but still so yeah that's the cover it sucks so 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 let's talk so. about what happens in in, in these pages book. <sighs> can't tell you I've already kind of forgotten like I finished this on Tuesday mm-hmm. I want to say. Oh. We started it on Thursday. There's a prequel. <gasps> there is? There's a prequel. So you didn't know about the prequel interview on Facebook? Oh, my God. Ah, I can't believe you didn't remember that. Well, see, I've never read it. You have not? No. Have I read it? I honestly don't even know. I thought you did. So here's here's the thing. If you did not listen to our introduction episode in which we mentioned, if we yeah. foreshadowed yeah, this. Don't, don't skip our intro episode. No, because I don't want to have to remember shit that I, I want to act like you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about. So there is a an interview in finger quotes in that it is a fictional interview slash tour of yeah. Midnight, the slave empire. Super cool tie-in. <laughs> thing to do what a great idea that was of the author Uh, and yet it feels appropriate so what it is is there was uh one of their fans who they did like a role play with that fan's original character who is very delightfully uh you know ebony darkness raven dementia (laughs) way um they are a a non-canonical student of Tatiana, which the is Triste, the Triste who taught. God, if you've never listened to these, scenes. I know these words. Uh, it's the Triste who taught Lindsay from Poison Tree. Yes. Okay. And another one, Jesse Fontes. Oh God, whose name I know I've heard. Yeah, he's in. He's vaguely mentioned in something, but he's also, I think, the one that gets sent after Jessica mm. at the end of Midnight Predator. You say that like that's. Canon. A thing that happened in the book. No, it's when not. it's not. Yeah. Ugh. But I disgusting. know it to be true. You know it to be true. Does now? Okay. Does he kill her? Do you think he kills her? No. There no. Just gonna quell that little bit of rage that kicked up inside the of five him. fucking times we could kill Jessica, and the one time we succeeded, a, a fanfic. I'm gonna judge people for loving their OCs, but I'm gonna judge you for loving Jessica this much because she's awful there have been so many times she could just be murdered so many so many times we were talking about that in um 
whichever one has the flashback to the one which was like, I should kill her. And then doesn't <laughs> because like, she yeah, doesn't want to like, get her line destroyed or oh, something. It was literally PTK. It was yeah. uh, Promises to Keep where it's yeah. like Sarah Vita, the original, being like, I could kill Jessica right now, the mistress of midnight. But then my whole line will be destroyed. And we were like, Worth do it. it. Yeah. I, I sacrifice my entire line so yeah. no one else ever has to deal with this. Go for it. I the That is actually, that is equivalent exchange, I think. I think so. You know, karmically. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, how would you know it was me? Am I going to leave my fucking Vita blade? Right. Honestly, like, just make sure there are new witnesses. Yeah, just, just stab her, <laughs> drag the body with you, put her in some fucking concrete and drop her in the ocean. <laughs> put her in concrete. Just hope that nobody, nobody sees you during all of that process. Yes. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. What were we talking about? Um, Jessica doesn't die. Oh, the prequel that I don't, yes. I've never read. Right. Okay. So, student of Tatiana Triste. Mm-hmm. They go to, so there's a, a landing page where it's supposed to link to all of the parts of the interview. Mm-hmm. I clicked on all of those links, and at the end of the very last one, it ends mid-scene. <laughs> and there may be more, but I did not feel like slash have time to scroll through Facebook all the way back to 2013 to search no, through the post to see all. if there was more. Yeah. So I know you mentioned since we've talked about it briefly, that mm-hmm. you didn't feel like you could envision Midnight. No, not at all. There are more physical details. Like, there's a... Okay. There's basically... Each part is very short because it's like, you know, it's RPing. So right. it's just fill in the blanks. Has like a, a specific... There's a door to the north. Yes. It is. A plant to the left. I'm sorry. And to, they, the, to the west. Like, they spend what... The first part is describing the door. Like, the door is apparently intricately carved. And then they describe like a library and like the foyer. I couldn't even foyer. imagine what the door of Midnight looked like. Was it a door? Like I think you're it's a big apartment? red one. No, it's, it's like a, a big red door. Someone's been watching. I too think much it's Twin big Peaks. red. I think it is. Red. It never was mentioned as a red door. Because um, like I would imagine, you know, the heart of Midnight mm-hmm. to have some gigantic entryway kind mm-hmm. of thing with big ass doors yeah. that are maybe always open. Yes. To just be like, why would we shut them? Our people aren't going to leave. Uh, and if they do, we've got, you know, ravens and crows up above ready to swoop down and mm-hmm. grab them. Like, I just expected something more opulent. It is. Okay. It is. It did not sound it. It sounded like a fucking warehouse. That's because Vance doesn't really take the time to describe anything. He um, spent 14 years with an artist. And he doesn't describe... It's very utilitarian description. Yeah. He only describes things that need to be around for the scene. There's mm. not really any ambiance description. But yeah. that that feels very Amy. So, yeah. you know. But the RP intro... Yeah. It's like, what does this door look like? And I'm going to spend okay. like a paragraph telling you what the store looks <laughs> Wait, like. Because because the person playing this game asked the question, right? They're standing in front of the door. And they say, what does the door look like? They didn't say that, but that oh, was okay. the implication. Right. They're like, I'm standing in front of the door, what do I see? Ooh. Kind of deal. I think it's that the, the author just needed someone to go through it and be like... Ask me these questions. Yeah, be like, tell me what you want to know, and I'll add that fucking description in. They, they basically said that that was the case. So, they, they you get a description of a couple of rooms, but mm-hmm. the operative Anything thing... Interesting happen? No. Uh, I mean, it might after they stopped linking the parts, mm. if there are more parts. But the the character is like, and I don't want to drag a fan character, so I'm not going to. But the character is like, I'm here to do an interview of Jaguar for some reason, as though she's a college student 
coming this, in for like your, a like like a fucking senior thesis yeah, project. That's the word thesis. And she's a tree stay, and I, she says that the oh another little bit of thing that I have to assume is canon because Amy looked it over. She says that Lindsay and Tatiana and Jesse built the magic that like makes up a lot of midnight she oh, says shit. some specific things that the magic does but wow. yeah Lindsay's complicit so oh that's my God. fun i never realized that cause yep. she's like the most hippie hippie yeah i mean yeah she seemed like pretty cool oh you know God. she's part of single earth it's it's like when you find out that like coco chanel is a nazi yeah right right <laughs> you're like except, you know except you care a little bit less yeah so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a little because tidbit. It's just Lindsay. So it's basically like my boss already has connections here. I'm coming to talk to Jaguar. She has some bullshit reason that she's coming to talk to Jaguar, but it's it's like a weird. Really feels like a Mr. Gray will see you now kind of thing. Okay, which could have been you know more interesting than this book. So they talk to a crow shapeshifter, okay. a raven shapeshifter, one of the blackbirds. There's and no differentiation. there's just some bullshit back and forth. And then they casually mention Gabriel in passing, and then he shows up. <laughs> and that's where the final scene ends. Oh, just wow. Right after Gabriel's like, oh, you were talking about me. Didn't even reach a real, like, scene with the trailer. They may have. You know, it's right, my, me not doing linked. due diligence. It's fine. You know, you don't have to scroll back through 10 years of Facebook. I mean, here's the thing. The reason that I didn't was because I was out of data and I couldn't do it at work. And then you came home and I was super busy. And then I arrived I, by and then you arrived for and, your dog. And I had to figure that shit yeah. out. Um, but I like, I would have if I had had more time and more ability well, you know to. Maybe next episode. Maybe next time I'll us. go through and see if yeah. there's anything. But we also will then have the second short story to talk about. The actual first short the story. The first short story, right? Because this does not, it's not canon. One other thing that I wanted to mention mm-hmm. that I found funny was on the preface of each installment. There was a little disclaimer at the bottom of that the, said. The R- of the, the Facebook thing. Okay. That said, obviously. The things that happen in Midnight are evil and are widely, specifically widely, Midnight is widely considered in the world of Nyusi Group to be the most evil, like, place, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is not endorsement, which is so... You never get one of these for Single Earth. You never get one of these for New Mayhem. Mm-hmm. You never get one of these for Old Mayhem. Mm, yeah, no tours. No tours, nothing like this. There's way too much attention. The and it's a fan thing too, because a lot of fans are super drawn to yeah. Midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I get because it, the kink, because it's kinky. Yeah, it's kink all the way down. I think that's something that we need to sort of get out of the way first, like sure. before we start talking about this book. So, like, we know mm-hmm. that this is kink. Yes. Like, this is not even. There are Goodreads reviews. They're like, this, this book is, is kink. very kinky. Yeah. So the the thing that is under the Scooby Doo mask, puritanical kink, <laughs> is that this is a, a kink place for kink sex stuff. But the problem is that, and that is how a lot of it is meant to be read, and or not meant. God, this is so hard to parse. So like, if you you could go easier on this book and Midnight Predator, mm-hmm. we talked some about yes. some of this in we had Midnight great Predator. Ideas about Midnight Predator. <laughs> You can go easier on these stories if this is kink. Yeah. The problem is that the author won't let it be. Yeah. The author goes super hard in making this 
slavery. Yeah. Magical slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, slavery, as we discussed in PTK, worse than anything humans ever did. Because Gross. we're using magic. But they, it is slavery, yeah. right? So these people are not there willingly. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not a sex thing. They're not subs. Mm -hmm. They are slaves. So it's very frustrating because in the Ebony series, which this was like pulled mm -hmm. from, there was a lot of sex Mm -hmm. or at least, you know, a lot of fate to blacks where sex Mm -hmm. was implied. Mm -hmm. So it's like this originally came from a place of kinky, sexy BDSM. Mm -hmm. And now it's just slavery. It's just because the sex has been removed. Yeah. But the subtext is still there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to be there because it was baked into the fucking pie, right? But <laughs> it's your crust. It so. is it's a crust. But we can't, we are not allowed to read it that way because the author has scrubbed these books so hard to make them appropriate for children. These slave books. These slave books. Appropriate. That it becomes worse. Mm-hmm. You could, again, you could go easier on these books if it were kink. But it's not kink. Right. The book won't let it be kink. What did you say? Dark romance? Yeah. It's just adult dark romance. Then you know what? I I get it. It's a fantasy. It's none of my business. (laughs) They will not let it be. We have to read it as slavery, as, um, what's the word? Systemic. As a systemic thing, as, because it is. Like midnight in this world at this time is the system. The system. Mm -hmm. And everybody, this whole book is about complicity, right? Oh my God. And how everyone is complicit. Everybody's complicit. Didn't we read this already? (laughs) So. It was the name of my fucking drink. So basically what I want, what I want is for y'all to not come at us for being mad about your kink books. I would not be mad. I'm staring at the microphone as though it is. You're egg (laughs) Don't you come at me, microphone. Don't come at me. I wouldn't be mad about your kink books. I wouldn't give a shit. What I'm mad about is them not being kink books and trying to use this to say things about privilege and about systemic prejudice and like capitalism and stuff and when leaders it, not standing up for their people when they should and it does not fit yeah. and it does not fit because it's kink that said baby listeners <laughs> if you look at these books and you say i'm gonna remove all of the gross parts and just keep the kinky parts for myself and i'm gonna like sexify all of this that's fine write your fanfic that's right your Go fanfic. for it it's Probably going to be better. Don't tell me about it. I write your fanfic. I you hate, can tell me I'll read it. I hate every single one of these characters. I don't want to read about them being sexy. So That is the problem. That is really the problem. Is mm-hmm. the love interest of Jaguar and Mid-Predator. And Mid-Pred after you read this one. Brina. But being a love interest for a second PTK. time. PTK. Yeah. 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 I don't I hate all these characters. I'm happy that they were other people's sexual awakening, whatever. I don't want to read about them fucking. I want to read about them being stabbed and then burned to ashes. <laughs> I just doubt that anyone had a sexual awakening with Mavra. Oh no, absolutely not. And you you couldn't. No. You could not. These are not I feel like the accidental sexiness that leaked out of Midnight Predator has has been clamped down on because it has been scrubbed because, you know, that's not what these books are allowed to be about now. Yeah. Where that you know you could explore that shit when you're writing these as a teenager, and you you but don't suddenly, know to lock that down. Yeah, suddenly you're an adult, you know, and you're concerned about your, kids. Yeah, well, we guess this would be like late twenties, mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, a fourteen year old, and it's like 
yeah, don't you remember when you were 13 riding in the Forest of the Night? Right. And then, like, 14 riding Demon in My View and getting in the Forest of the Night published at 15? Yeah. He's yeah. not... He's not so different from you. Like, you know what you were like. Why do you treat him like an infant? I And, you know, I I don't want to read about 14-year-old sexual awakening. Yeah. So I appreciate that. If you're going to do that, age him up. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, this is... Yeah, we said it all already. <laughs> uh, so much like the park ride... Um, mm-hmm. The rest of this interview is for Bloodwitch. Please see notes in PTK. Thank you. Good night. I really do. I don't want to retread too yeah, much no, the stuff that we've discussed in but PTK. But we, can, or we can drag this book. Well, then this has its own like yeah. batch of issues that are separate from those two books because it is doing a different thing. I think it's doing something maybe more intentionally than either of those two, except maybe PTK. PTK, maybe they were trying to do some more stuff intentionally. Yeah, especially Brina's fucking white woman being like, yeah. actually, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, so it's fine that I had slaves. Mm. I hate you. Okay, so this book. Yes. Now that we're finally on to that book. What, what, what is important to tell people that happened, right? Fans, because not a lot happens. Yeah. Vance is 14. He's a Quetzal shapeshifter. They has Tekka. Google Quetzals if you don't know what they look like. You will so not regret pretty. it. They're, they're very pretty. pretty. Um, they're, they're Jaguar and, and Quetzal shapeshifters, the Azteca. That's it. That's so weird that there are only two. Yeah. There are so many different birds, like mm-hmm. avians in that kingdom, but right? just two Mexicans, just two. huh? Yeah. All right. And it's, it's interesting that it's like, here's a cat and a bird. Those are the only two Mexican animals I know. It's the only ones we can think of. I guess I'm glad there's not a coyote. I feel like that would be a little racist. Yeah. Uh, It is nice, though, to have, you know, some quetzals. So anyway, um, he is a quetzal. He lives in a greenhouse. I had a lot of trouble figuring out what it looked like because it started off feeling very small, like a greenhouse would be, Mm -hmm. but it kept getting bigger. Suddenly there was a tree. Oh, now there's an orchard. Now there's a tiny stream that runs through it. Oh, he has a cabin. Somewhere a cabin there. inside the greenhouse. Inside the greenhouse. How big is this greenhouse? How big is this greenhouse? It was a two-room cabin. But he's lived in here. So you're like, okay, all right, this is definitely bigger. And we understand the whole he doesn't know he's in a gilded cage. It's magically kept warm. He's fine. He's Brina, fine. Lady Brina, sorry, is the vampire who sees to his everyday needs. Does she? I, I don't know. I think she mostly just... He's there in she her garden. She gives him orders. I feel like she gives yeah. him orders. That's about it. When we first meet him, he's posing for her in his Quetzal form. Mm-hmm. But I think he just kind of lives in her greenhouse. Because she, she says later that they asked her to keep him there because yeah. they don't want to realize him to realize that he's in captivity. Yeah. Because he so. wasn't in a cage. He wasn't a slave, but he was a captive. Yes. And that's probably the most appropriate word for yeah. what Vance is. He's a captive. But he doesn't know to think, can I leave? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Right. Because and this is part of the larger allegory for privilege. So he doesn't realize that he is in this privilege cage. Right. You know? He never thinks about the outside world. Yeah. It never occurs to him to see what's going on with other people who are not him. Yeah. And his obsession with Brina, because she's the most beautiful lady ever, who draws mm-hmm. art. And she's so wonderful. So she's making something. Some big painting. And I, we meet Callisto, who ultimately is important. What's her deal? Do you know anything about her? As far as I can tell, 
from what I read in the book. You don't have any background. I don't have any background. Interesting. Is that she was Obsidian and got sold to Midnight and Tarot had her and then Tarot let Brina borrow her so that Vance had a companion and she was teaching him how to dance or something. It feels like that was one of those places where, you know, we talked in the intro episode how there are a lot of people who felt like I'm only getting a certain percentage of this story. Mm -hmm. And she was one of those things where I felt that. Like, I'm like, where is this character? Because she plays such a, like, she's the inciting incident for Vance sort of coming out of his privilege. I'm just very curious. Like, I still don't understand why she killed herself. herself. Is it literally just the the metaphor of seeing a free bird? Is that it? Because that's real stupid. Yeah, no, I I kept feeling like I'd missed something. Same. I feel like I felt like they were going to tell me more later. Yeah, that Malachi was going to say explain her backstory. Like this is what triggered her. Yeah, yeah. Basically I don't know what triggered her. And the idea of seeing a free bird in a beautiful picture is like Okay, well, but you're not a bird. Right. And you're, like, a, you're a snake. She has a reaction. Like, when she sees it, she, like, gasps and she, like, breaks out of her slave conditioning for a second. Yeah. And you think, oh, we're going to then look at the painting and see something that we'll recognize as being significant to her. But then Vance looks at it and all he sees is the flying bird, which yeah. in a cleverer book, maybe that would be symbolic of Vance being so self-involved. He didn't <laughs> notice the thing that triggers her. But I don't want to give this book that much no. credit. Well, and, like... I kept wondering if she was upset because she re- she knew that Vance was being kept captive and that she wanted to just get out of there. Like, nothing really explained it to me. I don't know. I feel like if somebody told me that they had explained this and I had just missed it, I would believe them. <laughs> Anyone could tell me that and I would go, oh, okay, I guess I just... I just skipped skip that, that part. part yeah, I feel like this is a part that I skipped and it's on me that I don't understand, I don't but it might it not be. Because we both didn't see it. <laughs> So, so if, hey, if you saw it, let us know in the comments. If one of the four other people who, who read, decided you got, to read it. No, you're reading this. Tell us. Yeah. Keep an eye out for it. Did they ever explain why the snake kills herself in a real, real violent way? Yeah. Uh, very, like, for something to have triggered her like that, I would expect it to be significant. Yeah. I was expecting something from the Obsidian group. Same. For Same. him to be like, you were Malachi's family. You were Kalista's family. And then be like, we don't know any Kalista. And be like, no, what did Malachi call her? Uh, this other name. And mm-hmm. be like, oh, she was still alive. Oh, she blah, 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 blah. Anything, mm-hmm. but I don't know. But then they just, they sort of pass it off as the book goes on. as like, A, she saw Malachi and that sort of yeah. sparked and something. And he said, you're Kalista? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, because that's what the trainers blame it on. And that's the thing. The trainers say it's what it is, and nobody contradicts it. And I, I don't think we're meant to... We're meant to read that as them blaming Malachi unjustly. Yeah. So that, you know, Vance won't like Malachi. Yeah. But it was... um, it, It's just one of those things where, like, I would have liked Malachi to say, Oh, no. She probably realized that she was Obsidian, and that Obsidian would rather die than bow to, you know, any master. Which I guess I could infer, since they do say... They say the something Obsidian, to that effect. Yeah, don't recognize any kings. Mm-hmm. But if they'd said specifically, you know, like, I feel like because it was so far from the beginning when she kills herself and the end when we see the Obsidian Guild proper, mm-hmm. that to have him go, it all makes sense now. Mm. That's why Kalista killed herself. She mm-hmm. remembered that she was Obsidian. It just didn't click for me. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Happened. I needed a, a little more. And I've run into that a bunch with this author where it's like, on second read of something, I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that does make sense. You did mm-hmm. foreshadow that. But I shouldn't have to keep running into it every mm. first time going, what mm. the fuck is this? Mm. When was Alexander around? <laughs> you know, like... But I will say, again, I will uh, most of the time, if I feel like there's something I'm not getting in a book, I will take that as me, like, because I skim read, you know? There's, right. like, but details I, I miss. I read every single word. But, like, I, I'm willing to sort of take the blame for that because you know i'm i'm a dumbass what do i know (laughs) but i feel like amy went so hard on like nailing their points in this book that i wouldn't have missed it from amy yeah yeah (laughs) but maybe i did i don't know i don't know sometimes amy does stuff where it's like i thought it was there okay the woman you call kalista used to be named shiva before she was taken from us i know and turned into a mindless creature who could be loaned out in order to clean painting supplies for a madwoman. Blah, 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 blah. That's it. He doesn't say anything about why she might have killed... Oh, he says she killed... Malachi says she killed herself. I heard it was quite a mess. Do you know what kind of madness it takes to drive a blade through your own wrist? So tell me, if your home was such a paradise, why would she do that? Like, that's so weird to take the death of someone who had been your sibling in arms, I guess. Mm-hmm. And... To turn it around to keep being about this 14-year-old captive. Yeah, to disassociate it as though they have nothing to do with yeah. you. But and no, instead he's just like, yeah, well, if your place was so cool, yeah. why did my old friend, who I'm not even going to recognize, kill herself? Let's turn mm-hmm. this death of my sibling into a teaching moment for a strange child. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you found that. <sighs> Me too. Because now I feel less like giving the book leeway. <laughs> So Vance lives right. in a cage, but not really. Mm-hmm. The cage is privilege. <laughs> it's about it's, it's about, about privilege. <laughs> That'll be up on Redbubble soon. Oh, I love that. Please, it has to be a little figure running, and it's, just, it's about privilege. <laughs> uh, so yeah, lives in a cage, cohabitates with Brina. I guess she's kind of his lady. As though he is like a a footman kind of thing, you know, but they don't have that explicit slave dynamic that she explicitly has because Vance knows that she has slaves. And he sees that people have been beaten and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's seen, you know, some violence, but he just recognizes that as something that happens to slaves. Other people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that way. Yes. And Malachi shows up, Kalista gets triggered, Brina finishes her painting... It's a beautiful tree with blood pouring out of it and a flying quetzal in the sky. And then he's like, okay, well, I've been posing for two days straight, which is something I can do because I'm a shapeshifter. (laughs) I'm going to bed and he's restless and he keeps thinking about this painting and then he gets mad. Right, because he's never flown like that before. His wings are too unused. Mm. And then he finds Kalista... Oh, no, he, uh, Brina shows up and she gets mad and he's like, oh, well, at least that's something to do. I can go see what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And Kalista is dead. She has killed herself. It's very gory. She got blood all over the painting. Good she ripped the painting. Yeah, seriously. And, you know, as you heard from the description, she's like shoved some stuff into her own body. It's quite, mm. dra- quite dramatic, but good way to go out. Yeah, like, listen. Fuck you, lady. This painting she's been working on for two years. Two <laughs> years. And listen. If this lady could do this to a painting, Sarah, you can do it for Jessica. You can just do you it to just Jessica. Do it. 
It's not like Brina's gonna go out there and kill all of the Obsidian Guild. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If, as if she could. Oh my god, she could not. Anyway. <laughs> and somehow... I know at some point before this, like, we saw Taro and we saw Jessica, and it was, like, the first time right. he'd ever seen Jessica, which I feel is important. Is it the first time he's seen Jessica? Yes. So then what the fuck is Jessica's presence in his life? Thank you. Because he keeps talking about, like, this is the woman, woman who, who saved raised me, me and raised me, and, and I owe her my life. It's like, she's a patron. You owe more to Brina. Is it really the first time he's seen her? I'm gonna. Look. I, I want. Gonna I want to know for sure before look this up. I get upset about this. I'm gonna look. Mistress Jessica, Tara said to the woman, "May I present Vance Ekatel?" Mistress Jessica. My heart leapt into my throat, and I fought the desire to raise my head and get a better look at her. First, but I had time. never met her. He'd never, ever met her. The only woman whom Brina spoke with awe. So basically everything that he feels about her is things based on things that people have told him. Yes. So like I can see it seemed it makes sense to me that Taro specifically, I feel like Brina is not in mm-hmm. on whatever conditioning plan they have. Or if she is, she could not give a fuck. <laughs> but it makes He's like a tree. That they just, like, put in a pot on her, her area. And she's an like, animal. I'm going to put some stuff on it and paint it. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I'll boss it around. Yeah. Um, so it does It does make sense to me that Taro would gas her up like this. Like, yeah. oh, you, Mistress Jessica is the only reason that you, you know. But it just, it seems to me, especially in the um, blurb that you read, mm-hmm. that it really implies that they have a more intimate and personal connection. Him and Tarot? Him and Jessica. Oh. That, like, she's a woman who raised me. Yeah, like, yeah, the, the blurb for the book. Yeah. yeah. So I intellectually understand that if you can gas somebody up like that, but... Once in a while? Yeah, it feels like that would do more accomplish what she clearly trying to do, which is to get him to, like, feel good about her and about the system. Yeah, to feel beholden. Mm-hmm. To feel loyal. So if you come to this boy and you pet him on the head every now and then yeah. and bring him like a fucking lollipop. Every six months, Mistress Jessica mm-hmm. will show up mm-hmm. and she will ask to Uncle see... Uncle Jessica. Uncle Jessica <laughs> will show up and she'll she'll bring me something from a faraway land and ask to see my beautiful Quetzal form and tell me what a good boy I am and say that if I'm very good and I keep being nice to Lady Brina, when I turn 14... She will come take me away and uh, bring me to to her beautiful building of midnight, which, ooh, midnight, what a lovely sound. I've never seen the sky at night, but but Brina has painted it, and Taro has told me about what a great place midnight is, and I'm just waiting to turn 14 for the beautiful uh, Uncle Jessica to come take me away. This is the oldest trick in the book. I yeah. feel like there are so many stories with kids in situations like these where you're grooming this is somebody. Dickens. Yeah. Like you have this figure who you build up and then at a certain point they come and they take this kid off to do horrible things. Like yeah. that's, that feels like very tropey. Is that Ender's game? Or so, I feel like this is every like child spy movie, you know, like yeah. child assassin movie. Oh my movie. God. Why isn't he just a child assassin? That's what they're raising him that's to be. That's what they're raising him to be. So like, I, for her to do this feels like very. I feel I love the idea that Jessica is just so badly cannot be fucked that she just can't even do this little thing. Can't come pet this kid on the head oh, once God. every six months. It's been fourteen years. Fine. Is he a horse? No. No. no I'm not. I going. do not care. Can, can I bring him an apple? <laughs> no. You can bring him an apple. <laughs> hmm. Can I? 
ride him around? Is his bird form big enough for that? <laughs> Is he a mouth? That's all Jessica cares about. <laughs> she's like, uh, he's not my hyperfixation. So. <laughs> Truly, she's like, oh, is he a horse? No, no, no I, I can't. can't. Mm. She should be using the same tactics that she used on her gentle trainers. Because like, we've heard about you know the horrible shit she did to break like Jaguar and Gabriel and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that like Taro, her gentleman trainer, is the one that she, I know, <laughs> gave Vance to. And is like, yeah, we want you because you're nice. Tender. Kick gloves. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, I will just uh, manipulate you. Yeah. Yeah. And I will gaslight you. Yeah. Uh, but positively. Right. <laughs> Do whatever you did to Taro to this kid who you have from birth, or at least of an infant, and raise him that way to love you, to love Midnight, Mm -hmm. to be super excited to be going Mm -hmm. off and doing this Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Make your child soldier. Truly, I feel like if Jessica had taken the time, Mm -hmm. this story would not have happened, which I I find amusing to interpret that as Jessica being being really bad at being a trainer in this respect. I, I think that's funny. It's just, no, Jessica sucks. Um, I mean, I, I do think that she's bad at all of the stuff that everyone says she's good at. Except. Right. She just got lucky with these guys. Like, they were just super into it, is the thing. <laughs> they so, were like, yes, mistress. Yeah, mistress, exactly. <laughs> no, mistress, I didn't want to do it. Oh, he's a brat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, this one is my switch, and I just found all the good ones for me. But also, then I'm like, okay, well, let's think about this in the the allegory. Mm -hmm. So, like, as Jessica, as, like, this distant, far-off person that he's raised to adore, that he's never met, that means nothing to him materially, and, like, he doesn't have a personal relationship to her, but he's been raised to idolize her. So, like, is that, like, I've been raised to idolize the system, and that kind of impersonal distance being a choice as opposed to jessica being bad at her job or maybe well, it's both if we look at the book it's jessica being bad at her job and that's, that was my question yeah. like is this amy doing something thematic or is this just jessica being bad character i mean if amy thought for five seconds about it probably came to the conclusion that no he would be far too loyal and i wouldn't be able to get him out of it it's a plot choice as opposed to yeah, a thematic choice. Plot choice okay yeah to just be like well like, if Jessica had done a better job, if Jessica this book had done good would not job. have happened, and yeah. then I couldn't do my privilege allegory. Yeah, and then he never would left, and then he wouldn't be involved with Burning Midnight, I'm guessing. Yeah. It is strange, though, looking at it and having read the whole book now, mm-hmm. that he meets Jessica, mm-hmm. that Malachi shows up and oh. stays there, mm-hmm. and Kalista gets triggered in the most, like, definite mental health way, mm-hmm. destroys... Uh, Brina's painting that the painting had just been finished right for All her to stuff. be able to destroy it yeah and for Malachi to be out there to be able to find to him. him yeah it's like this is a little too much when I look at it as it was happening it was like oh okay she's finishing her painting how nice oh he's meeting her for the first time kind of peculiar but okay is there a plan for that? Why are you here? Right. Like, did you do this? Is it something you're doing on purpose? But Right. It's... Do you have a plan going on? Is Malachi here? Why was Jessica there? I don't think I know I that remember. there was a reason. Like, she came to see Brina or something. It's been so long. It's been so many literal days since we read this bad book. Yeah. Okay. So, 
I had to speak to Brina. She was talking about her model at the market of all places. Oh. Do you still feel this is the best place for him? Taro, he's happy here. And even the merchants are used to Brina's story. No one pays her much mind. They won't believe she actually has a Quetzal. So, so Brina's been Brina, leaking which sensitive is such information. A bullshit fucking trigger for your plot. To be like, I have a Quetzal. It's like, when? You've been painting him nonstop for two days. Mm-hmm. Who said you go to the market? Lady Brina. Yeah. I don't know. It feels fake. Like, I buy it that it was like, sure, sure, sure. sure. Here's the inciting incident to get my, my D&D group together. <laughs> Fine. And then you look back it's and functional. go, why did Lady Brina say anything at the markets? Mm-hmm. Why did she go there? I thought she just had everything come to her. Right. Like, shh, that was the beginning of the plot. <laughs> Nobody yeah. cares. So, yeah, Jessica is there to check on him and to yell at Brina. Yell at Brina. Make sure this is still the appropriate place for him. Because she's worried about him being abducted back by the Azteca. That's the concern here. The concern is been, the Azteca yeah. finding so, out about him. Which, again, I think, you know, even though everyone says, yes, you were abandoned in the woods. Makes so much more sense if she has a reason yes. to be worried about. Why didn't we learn that that was false, that he wasn't abandoned? Hmm. That it was, you know, well, we killed your parents. Right. Because <laughs> he is told, and we are, it's never contradicted in yeah. the book. Multiple people tell him. You were abandoned. That he was abandoned and that Jessica, like, took him in. And you expect, as you're reading the book, for that to turn out for to be For someone to say, false. no, baby, we knew who you were. We thought you were dead because your parents died because they killed them. Because that makes more sense in a narrative like this. Yeah. But because this is not a narrative about transracial abduction this is an allegory about a child understanding their privilege for the first time that thing which would make sense in a narrative about a transracial abduction is not present because it doesn't need to be for the story that amy's telling which makes it feel fake yeah you know because this character is not the vehicle for this story because i would have expected the the plot line of what white people have done to the people who are indigenous and, and native mm-hmm. to America and, yeah. and Mexico, where he is from originally. Because Vance is uh, Azteca, which yeah. is like native Mexican. It's Central Aztec. America. Yeah. yeah. You would expect it to be, yeah, this is what white people, this is what the system yeah, does. Did. They take our children from us and they raise Reason. them to be something else. They don't, need, like, there's even a line where one, when he meets another um, Azteca, mm-hmm. she's speaking to him in their native tongue. Mm-hmm. And Malachi is like, he doesn't speak that language. It's right. like, yeah, that's really common mm-hmm. when children have been abducted right. from or their culture. Or just adopted. Yeah. You know, like exactly. even, even legally, like yeah. transracial adoption, how you run into so problems like, oh, like that. You've, you've got this moment. <laughs> you have this, this, story built in and yet you don't do anything to support it and in fact you use this character in a completely inappropriate way you use this young boy of color mm-hmm. to tell a story about white privilege yeah yeah about realizing your privilege yeah. that's one of those things where like you really have to scrub every single like thing that happens in the world like systems and dynamics in the world from this story for it to function the way that the author is sort of intending it to you have to just pretend nayusi groove the den of shadows is just that that it doesn't actually layer on top of of the real world world. that exists in a that it exists in a vacuum which is something that 
you know, the, like a criticism of so many stories is that they don't exist in a vacuum. So if you, yeah. you know, you address these things, they can't be detached from the real world. And for the story to work, you have to, and you can't. So, you're so just it like, doesn't work. Why am I reading this story? I feel like there's, that's such a big problem with the story in general. That's why the story feels so muddled, like to me as somebody yeah. who's trying to parse it for like what I'm supposed to get out of it is that it just does not click with the world that I am familiar with and like the things that I've learned and like you know we'll just briefly cruise by midnight a slavery empire run and staffed entirely by people of color Mm -hmm. so what was like four-fifths of the trainers are people of color Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah so it doesn't work is the thing like this story that they're trying to tell it doesn't work yeah so now that you've got your inciting incident (laughs) <laughs> yes, God. Let's go back to chapter one. Oh, God. No, no, no. We made it. Kalista has, has you know... Has passed. <laughs> yeah. She's been like, you know what? I don't want to live in this world anymore. Rejected herself from this story. Good for you, Kalista. Truly. Getting out on page, like, 20. <laughs> They're paying me day Literally, rates. he finds her on page 32. Wow. It's amazing. All right. Is there any of this we can fast forward Well, through? yeah, because, like, he just... He's starting to have, like, the mental break. His mind has had, like, a little peek into, oh, the world is not so great. Mm-hmm. And he, like, can I leave? He steps outside. Mm-hmm. And they, there's guards. And they're like, kid, you're not going to make it out there here. Yeah. Take my cloak. And he's like, okay. And they're like, what's out there? And like, well, you can go that way. And that's Rena and Daryl, of all fucking people. Live that way. And that way will get you to the market. And beyond that, midnight proper, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And so he's going to go to the market. He's out in the fucking forest in the middle of a snowstorm. And Malachi finds him. Mm-hmm. This is the point where I decided that Vance needed to be aged up or to be Brina. So that Brina could have had a whole different plot. Sure. But um, if we just aged up Vance... Malachi is so extremely broody love interest coded. He he is. And that's something that I also felt as soon as they started interacting. Like, finding somebody dying in a snowstorm is such, like, a well-worn romance trope. Right? So, if Vance was an older teenager who didn't look exceedingly young for his age, which is Ugh. another problem. And if Malachi's age was stated to be an age that was only, like, a couple years older, because we don't know how old Malachi is. We think sure. he's in his 30s. Maybe he's in his early... Yeah. Or late 20s. Anyway. Then this reads exactly like scenes that exist between eventual couples. Mm-hmm. The sheltered young woman. The battle-hardened man. Mm-hmm. Her calling him arrogant. Him being able to take her down with ease. Mm-hmm. Even the sharing a tent is a romance Mm -hmm. trope. Instead, this is a 14-year-old boy who says to Malachi that he's 11. And Malachi is just being like, God, you're so privileged and I'm tired of killing, so I'm not going to murder you. (laughs) Just like I'm telling you I should. These scenes feel like these two characters could be connecting in a fun, oh, I see where this is heading, like protector protected kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to happen. Right. Because he's 14, he just told you he's 11. Even all of the later, like, scenes with Malachi, where he'll, he'll just be like, uh, you're such pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's Malachi again. Ugh, I hate this guy. I hate this guy. And then by the end, you're like, no, we have to save Malachi. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because he's your love interest? Mm-hmm. No, he's not, because that's not what this book is. He was funny. I was, like I said, I had those same thoughts when mm-hmm. I got to that part. And I'm so 
trained to read them that way that I, who have read this book before, I know, I know where Malachi ends up. I know what his whole deal is. I know that he's in his late 20s, 30s, something, you know, I know he's not even close to 14, that I was sitting there and I was like, well, Vance is 14. If they say that Malachi is like 16, you could, you know, I would, you can squint at it and you can kind of see where they might have a, and the, like, oh, no, obviously not. Yeah. Like, nobody does romances with 14 year olds unless they're no. weird. But, <laughs> unless the point is to then be like, and here's another predator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but I was like, in my brain, I was like, no, if you, if you get vaguer about ages, this could work because right. it felt so much like that was what was being expressed. If Jessica had been like, are you sure he's come of age? He looks young. And being like, they all do, but he is definitely matured mm-hmm. enough to, to start his training. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, he's, he's 18, 16. Yeah. They, yeah, they hadn't yeah. explicitly said he was 14 no. years old, yeah. you know, and looked 11 or mm-hmm. whatever. I just, I just don't like, Instead is that politics. just not something that Amy recognized as being tropey that their editor didn't realize? Yes. Like if I'm reading this book and that's how I read it, like this feels you romantic, might be going, uh, I'm going to be like, maybe you, should, 14. Well, maybe you should change some details, Amy, yeah. like with the way that they interact. So it doesn't feel like a setup for a romance. Yeah. You know, but. It's like you've used all of the romance tropes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you see, I've, there's tropes everywhere. You Quick, we have to get up. you out of these wet clothes. Like, I'm surprised <laughs> that didn't happen. Truly. Amy did fucking 52 trope pickup and then <laughs> left a few on the floor. But yeah, uh. it's weird. So anyway, he gets, uh, after the, what should have been, uh, prime love interest time instead was just Malachi being a jerk and Vance, not even a jerk, just being the mouthpiece of the author. This is, though, at the point at which I decided that I hated Malachi and that I wanted to stop reading this book. Because Malachi is unnecessarily vague. It feels like that kind of plot vagueness where, like, I can't tell you why I'm being an asshole because... If I do, then I'll give stuff oh away. Oh my god, right? He mentions, like, I had a brother and he died recently. And you're like, why don't you either not say that? Because this kid, you just met him and mm-hmm. you don't know him and you know he's loyal to Midnight. Mm-hmm. Or why don't you just full on be like, Midnight's terrible and let me tell you exactly what happened. Yeah, it just, it, it was so frustrating the way that he spoke in general that I was just like, I hate this man. I wish that I could be reading literally anything else right now. <laughs> You're like, there is primo stories being written by my friends that are <laughs> unedited that I want to read. <laughs> I would rather be reading right now. You're like, this. I'd rather be reading it, not because they're terrible, but because they're awesome. And also, this is just yeah, so terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, Malachi sucks. Just really sucks. And, and I read to you that section about him saying Kalista used to be Shiva, mm-hmm. and that wasn't even about her. Mm-hmm. Well, and it feels like that thing, like in that part that you read, like, mm-hmm. well, if Midnight's so great, then why would this happen? It's like, man, if I just say it, yeah. why don't you just say it instead of just making like shitty remarks? Yeah. Why don't you just what? sit the kid down Who and do explain? You yeah. Your vagaries. Well, and then he does that whole dance where he's like, well, I have to. And it's that thing of, like, also Obsidian is complicit, you know? Like, he yeah. keeps shit-talking Midnight, and then Vance is able to say, well, if it's so bad, then why do you work for it? Good question, Vance. Why do you guys work for it? Hmm? You have that whole thing, and, like, that dynamic. So then Malachi can't be in the right, because he is complicit. He's returning this child 
to midnight. Like, you're shoving this kid back into the system. Well, he said that's where he wanted to be. Right. But but you and I have chatted about the fact that, like, he should just be going, you left your home, okay, and you say you want to go back to these people who are your captors? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about what goes on in midnight. Right. Being like, okay, instead, here's what we're going to do. Does this rag smell like chloroform? <laughs> okay, great. Now you've woken up in the obsidian camp. We've tied you up because we need to unbrainwash you. <laughs> I just... There's so many things that he could tell Vance. Like, Vance does not find... empathy for Vance's situation? That's... Of being raised a captive? That's the other thing. Because Malachi is here to tell us Vance's role, which is this privileged child. Yeah. But that ignores what we read Vance as, which is, like, an indigenous boy Mm -hmm. who's been removed from his culture. Yeah. Who's being kept, not against his will, but because he doesn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Like, he is a victim of this system, but the book and Malachi position him as a complicit resident participant. And that was where I thought it should be Brina. Yeah, I agree. I agree that this book is much stronger telling the story that it wants to tell if it has somebody who is complicit and but who has that assumption of like white woman's innocence, you know, like all those people who are so fun to watch Brina, like pretend PTK hadn't happened yet. Mm. But watching Brina go from this crazy Toreador, because that is the trope that she plays. Mm Who just thinks everything should be for her? Why wouldn't it be? I'm a I'm a vampire. That's the way she's painted as yeah. this neglectful, but not necessarily what's the word malicious. Malicious. Yeah. But I mean, she is. Yeah. No, she but is. they tell us that she's we could, just neglectful. We could change her character and just have her be neglectful. Sure. And not realize certain things and have forgotten stuff and be like, don't you remember being a human? And her being like, being human was awful um, because I'm a Siobhan that. type. And. Um, have her see what Midnight does. Mm-hmm. That she doesn't go to the market. She just goes to her greenhouse and to her estate. Mm-hmm. She has everything she needs. Her brother provides for her. Mm-hmm. Midnight provides for her. She has all of these servants who do her bidding. Mm-hmm. Slaves, Brina. You have slaves. Yeah. No, they're servants. Do you know the difference, Brina? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. And to be told and her just being like, well, you don't understand, blah, 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 blah. And to have her open to this. And then you have those love interest, broody love interest scenes. Yeah. And you see her just hating him because he's opening her eyes to midnight. He's telling her about her privilege. Yeah. And then when she, because, oh God, hold on. So Jessica says, Brina, please explain why you brought an assassin to my home. Brina says, we met on the road. We were going in the same direction. So he offered to escort me. Jessica says, very well, Brina, go about your business and be grateful that I'm aware enough of your arrogant idiocy to believe your excuse. (laughs) She could take everyone's assumption of her arrogant idiocy, don't love the word, but to then be the mole inside Midnight, Mm. to be the one who was spreading, you know, the the information that we'll get in book Mm -hmm. three, to tear it down, to burn it. Who would suspect Brina, she's crazy. I say that's the only way that that story is acceptable because you know I don't want is a story about a white woman being awoken to her privilege. That's it. Because here's the thing: the book goes harder on Vance than it should, given that he is a captive yes. and a young indigenous boy. Like that's not somebody that I, as a reader, feel good about being taken to task for privilege. No. Even treating him like an adult when he's not. Yeah, that happens a lot to, to yeah. young young brown boys. Right, and and even you know 
even scrubbing the real world, mm-hmm. what context from that situation. Right. Still a 14 year old. He's still a child. Yeah. And I'll also say that like the book also doesn't really hold him as accountable as you would want to hold somebody like Brina, yes. who's actively harmed people, mm-hmm. right? Like Vance gets a slide by because he hasn't actively harmed people because yeah. he's not in a position of power, yeah. which is another problem. Mm-hmm. But, How are you going to take this kid to task when he doesn't hold any power? Right. Which is... Which I guess is an interesting question for like... For somebody recognizing their privilege. Right. Like, being like, but I don't hold power. Am I still complicit? Yeah. Yes. Yes, like, you are. That's obviously like what the book is struggling with because yeah. the person... The idea mm-hmm. is that this this person does not have power. I don't have power. What 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 am I contributing? You know, like yeah. it's that question, right? But if you're going to have somebody like Brina who does hold power, who has harmed people, yeah. then I don't just want her to like be awoken and then be like sad about it. I want her to do the work. I yeah. want people to I don't know maybe hate her. Sure. You know, to lose something important oh, to her. I would love scenes of her being like. I'm trying to help and have like Misha be like, that doesn't mean I have to like you. Yeah. And like the, the servants or slaves or whatever, just being like, fuck you. I'm going to spit on you and then I'm going to go like, yeah, you deserve that. Right. You know, so like if her to, to struggle with it and like try to, and like slip back into stuff and Mm -hmm. being like, no, they're people. They have the same rights as me, even though in the system they don't. And that's why I'm going to, Help you tear this system down. Not my idea, but I'm going to help you tear it down. And this is the only acceptable way for the art to go. I still wouldn't read that book because I don't need to have stories about, like, the oppressors realizing their privilege. Like, that's yeah. so much yeah. of, like, revolutionary, I think, quotes, mm. literature, right? Especially YA is, like, yeah. like there are better stories that yeah. you can tell. But it just emphasizes a way that this doesn't work with Vance, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if there is a character... In this world, maybe the people who work at the marketplace. Who could be like a good story about like the complicity. one that's, tr- yeah, that's trying to tell that story. Yeah. Who's not a captive, who's there by choice, who's using the market. It's so hard because we do They're need- never good stories, though. I mean, like we do need stories about complicity because people, so many people just, when you think of a racist, you think about like a screaming, angry, like sign holding whisper of Baptist church bigot. Right. (laughs) But like, uh, you know, if you are complicit in the system, we all are complicit Mm -hmm. in the system. You know, if you're not actively fight, if you're not anti-racist, you're racist. So, you know, it's not like there shouldn't be stories that, you know, sort of make you think about that. Mm -hmm. But then I also don't think that it's an appropriate thing for that to be, the primary story, yeah. particularly in a fucking slave system, where like you know who should be telling the story, the fucking slaves, you right? Know? Which was why I did enjoy Ebony mm-hmm. book series because it was only told from the first couple books mm-hmm. people who were currently in the system being mm-hmm. enslaved. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right. It's you choosing to take down this system because mm-hmm. you know that your captors are never going to decide to do that. Right. And if you had framed Vance in that way, mm-hmm. then it would have been different. Like it would have felt different. Oh yeah, but like, they if don't. This was Kalista's story. Yeah, where she wakes up and remembers. I don't want to be doing this. I've been doing this to protect myself. What have I been doing? This hasn't been protecting me. I'm going to get that kid out of here because he should fly. Yeah. They just, they don't frame Vance as a victim of the system. They frame him as complicit. And I, I don't, that, that story just, none of it works, Ollie, is that they were going, we're coming at it from so many angles, but it just doesn't work. (laughs) Every time we just come back to that. I know. And at the, 
Let's keep let's let's, right. let's keep. Anyway, is there more plot that we need to talk about? I fucking okay. like who knows. Right, they get to the market. He tells the the Azteca person, "No, I want to go back." And the Azteca person is like, "Well, fine, I'm fucking bringing you back then." Right, because Malachi takes him to the market to an Azteca because he yeah. wants to give Vance the opportunity to be like, "Hey, you can go with your people." Right, he's like, "I want them to know that I brought you back." Yeah, he's I don't like, want the Azteca to be mad at me. Right, he's like I brought you to the Azteca. They can go, you can go with them, mm-hmm. or you can go to midnight, and they wait, and, like, some guard sees them and gives them a little cloak, and it's fine, and then the Azteca show up, and they're like, yeah, well, fuck you, kid. You would be a fucking servant with us anyway, so let's just get out of here. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he no longer lives at the greenhouse. No, he, they move him into midnight proper because yeah. they want to start training him to be an active participant in midnight and not just a captive slash passive observer. Yeah. They also want to maybe see if his blood witch magic has come right. in. I guess like the bubble has been popped. Like we can't put this the genie back in the bottle. He's seen the outside world. Yeah. So let's try to frame this in the most positive light for us. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to give you a big brother. Yeah. Here you big go. Big brother. Jaguar. Jaguar. And then you also get like a job learning how to like work at the stables and you work there for two motherfucking days <laughs> before you're allowed to ride the horse mm-hmm. which is madness. I was going to take a brief moment to say that the uh-huh. madness that Jessica is like described as uh you know caring about her horses more than anyone in this place even above her trainers yeah and that like Felix who runs the is the head uh stable master is only below the trainers that like every other servant is less important than him mm-hmm. so when Vance is allowed to ride <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm like, why didn't this kid take 10 years mucking out stables? Feels like you're taking a real risk here, Jessica. Uh-huh. And then the scene with Brina bringing in an accidental assassin was some witch she met on the road. And the witch tries to stab Jessica because, of course, she shows up when her horse is feeling bad. Mm-hmm. And whatever. They get this fucking witch. We don't even know what kind of witch. Amy has 10 kinds of witches and we don't even know. <laughs> no, we don't know. So ridiculous. Um, and Felix gets, like, whipped for his as punishment. Yeah, as his punishment. For letting a witch a stranger, a stranger into the barn. Into the wild with Brina. The, it's like, like but but why? But you've put so much work into this man this, to take care that. of your He knows more about your particular horses and now you're you're whipping him. And they also say explicitly that like, you know, Felix ends up being a victim, like he he dies. He's yes. already a victim. Yeah. They say that the risk of infection is increased if you're injured in the stables because it's so dirty. Yeah. As that is a thing that everybody knows. And, you know, maybe Jessica doesn't know because she's a fucking vampire and she doesn't care. But like, she's doesn't so, apply to her. She's got... Um, oh, she's clean. Yeah, she has a con- contamination OCD. Yeah. Is clearly what she so has. she should... That should be cognizant of that, know, you would think. Right? But she still puts this man at she risk. She grabs a whip, which... Vance had been told by Felix he would never need to use. So why do you even have them? Mm. If Jessica's, for this reason. Right? I guess they're, they're just here to whip for Jessica. Break in case of need to flog a servant. <laughs> Jaguar, yeah. Oh my god. So they're everywhere. They're like little tins yeah. on every wall, you know. Just rip that cord. <laughs> oh my god. And um, so Felix has been hurt. He needs to go to the infirmary. And some other some other servant who's his second is put in charge. Unnamed. Unnamed. And we're told, you know, again, clean up the blood because the rats will be attracted to the blood. So she's cognizant right? of that, you know. It doesn't make sense. 
there's probably nothing that happens in the middle here. He probably runs into Malachi, right? Yeah, I feel like they keep bumping into yeah, each other. Yeah, he runs into Malachi. He's run into Jaguar and Gabriel and Nathaniel. We name drop half of the trainers. So why do the other ones matter? Malachi shows him around midnight, which is a square. Mag- Malachi shows him around midnight or yeah. Jaguar? Well, Jaguar showed him around, but then Malachi like showed him everything. Oh, yeah, because Malachi comes in again. Because he couldn't get into Vance's dreams. Oh, right. I fucking hate that Amy always has dreams. You want to go ahead? Go ahead. So that is the thing. And that's something that Vance says. He's like, why are you so obsessed with me? (laughs) Good question, Vance. Love interest. Why is Malachi? Because Malachi brings this child back Mm -hmm. of his own choice. Mm -hmm. And then like literally the next night tries to reach out to Vance through his dreams to like bring him back or something, you know. He's like, stay alive and and I'll get you out. I'll try to buy you out. Right. He keeps coming back and trying to buy him. Like Jaguar mentions that. Like Vance does or Malachi does become obsessed with freeing Vance. He was free. You had You're the him. the one who brought him back. What What do you think is going to be different now? Like two days after. I don't understand it why feels Malachi. like it's time crunched. What, but even so. Well, because again, you know, you let the kid ride after two days. Can't tell me that's not a time crunch. Well, no, but like time is irrelevant. Why is Malachi suddenly obsessed with breaking this kid out when he brought, he had him out? No, I Why agree, did I he agree. suddenly change his mind? My only thought is that if we were told more about, like, you were my brother's age or something, but he wasn't. Oh, he forms that kind of attachment. Yeah, if he had formed an attachment to him, if it was that. But, and this is where, again, the whole, if this had been a love interest thing mm. of being like, I don't know why, but I just, if they spent I more need time to protect together. you. Yeah, we traveled through the forest together because you really went out of your way. That's very, like, a tropey thing of, like, we fell in love and now you go back to your life and I go back and to I my didn't, life. I didn't want to let you go. Yeah. To this horrible place that I know, but you think is great. Right. But you chose it and I respect it. And I was going to respect it. Yeah. And yeah. now I, I regret it, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I still want to help you. I want to show you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So when he shows up, it felt really weird. Like, why are you here? Yeah. I was like, what are you doing here? And then the Vance's comment about why you're obsessed with me is great. <laughs> because it's like, dude, if you hate Midnight so much and they'll just let you walk around. They do. Because he's free blood. Which is like. That's weird. I still wouldn't let just anyone wander through my house. Right. Apparently, it's just cool. You can bring, like, school tours through. <laughs> That's, I guess, how we got that uh, prequel uh, <laughs> college student doing her thesis. <laughs> right. As long as you're not a slave yeah. or couldn't, cannot be enslaved by their stupid rules, mm-hmm. you can just walk through like it's a public place. It's like, like it's a, a library. Like a fucking government center. And in this corner... We have all of our servants who are being uh, healed. And over here, don't worry about this door over here. Yeah. You are never going to need to know anything about this door. But I love your Jaguar impression. Thank you, honey. <laughs> so yeah, Jaguar does. He takes Vance around when Vance first comes back. And he's like, never go into the West Wing. Yeah. There's just, there's nothing in there. That's like where we keep our, the, oh no. He tells them that's where we work. It's a working it's building. It's a working building. But he Which never anyone says, can wander into. Yeah. But he never says what work is and then when malachi comes malachi shows him what the work is but does he show him no he only shows him the the cells and is like i was born in one of these cells and like he sees slaves who are not being well cared for but right but who he pulls a fucking scrooge being like are there no workhouses (laughs) are there no orphanages (laughs) and and fucking (laughs) fucking malachi is like 
There shouldn't be workhouses. I know. They shouldn't be in orphanages. They should be happy. (laughs) Malachi does an awful job of pitching Midnight as the villain anyway, because you know what? The problem isn't that these kids aren't getting enough hugs, Malachi. The problem is that they're wearing collars and they're not allowed to leave and they can get beaten if they do something wrong. Right. And that you're breeding them like Pokemon. (laughs) Like, who cares if they're getting hugs? This child will never see sunlight. I'm going to need you to spell it out for me, Malachi. I think it's that. It's like, what are you so worried about telling Vance... That like you don't think he can things. handle, yeah. but you really want him to not want to be here. Just the idea that Malachi has to explain why slavery is bad <laughs> to Vance and doesn't. It's just there's so many layers of what is going on here, you know? And so therefore it never gets explained to the audience. So yeah. if you're not like, if you're just reading the book mm-hmm. and you're not looking at it critically, which is fine then people might miss that part and they might agree with Vance. It really feels like there is a lot. I know, like, obviously this book is told through Vance's point of view. Vance is predisposed to Mm -hmm. be predisposed to... And I hate the first person of it, too. (laughs) Being positive to Midnight. So I understand that Vance does not want to see all of the flaws in Midnight. But even with that sort of filter in mind, it does feel like this book goes so easy on midnight yeah even while it tries to position it as this big evil system obviously this is the most evil place in naivety group (laughs) obviously you know but why because the kids don't get to eat cake right exactly but we're not going to explain to you about how we take people into cells and do awful things to them until they lose their minds what it is uh I'm sorry, uh, at one moment Gabriel shows up because Alistair had seen Malachi, and Gabriel is like, you frighten her? Mm-hmm. He says, you frighten her. And Malachi is like, I frighten her when you're the one who, and he gets cut off, mm-hmm. uh, what, what was that word? Rapes her? Mm-hmm. You're the one who rapes her. Mm-hmm. You're the one who beats her right. and tortures her? How come every time we might hear about what is actually happening, it is literally cut off. Like, when Malachi is talking to Vance in the forest, uh, their first, like, real hangout, he's mentioning that his brother was there, and he, like, cuts himself off. And then he's like, I've had to do terrible things, too. Like, ugh. He just, like, doesn't talk about it. It's like, sell Alistair into uh, Midnight that you've sold people to get your sister out? Mm-hmm. Why don't you just say it? Can I tell you something? Yeah, go for it. So we also have Misha. We'll mm-hmm. we'll go we into Misha in this Poor episode fucking Misha. and future episodes. But so you have Misha, who he meets later. Vance meets later. Yeah. And this fucking book. So all the things we just said, they mm-hmm. cut themselves off. Every trainer has a rape room. Yeah. Attached to their rooms. Like literal fucking marble dungeon block that every trainer has a rape room okay a bar that vance would have to be on his tiptoes to reach and and rings hooked into the wall at odd intervals what could this be for so keeping that in mind that is a thing that is never explicitly said but that if you you read between the lines you know you know what it's there for but it's never said yeah but Mm -hmm. we had to make sure right they talk about, like, oh, awful things happened to Misha in Midnight. Misha was raped. 
repeatedly. Yeah, for who knows how long. But then at some point in the book, somebody says, we don't talk about the things that happened to Misha in Midnight. At the end of this book, you know what Vance says? Then I thought about Misha, who had gone into a trainer's cell. Cell, not rape room. Who had gone into a trainer's cell and how in italics as though he's remembering something Mm -hmm. somebody told him. For folks like us, it's better not to give too much thought to what happened to her there. So at the end of this book, Vance is taking complicity to task, specifically in this verbal way of like, it's polite white people don't talk about bad things that happen. While simultaneously this book refuses to talk about the details of the awful things that happened at midnight. That's why this book doesn't work. Gabriel is a rapist. Jaguar Mm -hmm. is is a a rapist. rapist. Jessica, probably a rapist. Rapist. Uh, Tarot, probably... He's a gentleman trainer. Still a rapist. I I would imagine he's the kind of guy who... um, What's that type of... Coerced. He gets yes. coerced consent is what I would expect from him. That's what that sounds like code for. Yeah. Gentleman Ravis. He's a gentleman. I'm going to ask you every day if you're ready to suck my cock. Right. And you're going to say no until one day you you think you want to? I'm going to manipulate yeah. you, you know. Yeah, I think I, I think I want to. Yeah. So he's probably coerced consent, which is still a rapist. Mm-hmm. And they're all abusers. Mm-hmm. Um, explicitly, you know, they beat people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they all torture people Mm -hmm. mentally, physically, Physically. emotionally, spiritually, magically. They keep people, they breed people. So they systematically rape people. They make other people rape people. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why is none of that in here? None of that is in here. And that, the thing is that that is the heart and soul of midnight. That's why it's so bad. That's what everybody else. Obviously. That's what, that's what we're getting mad about other people being complicit with, but we never name it. I would like, I mean, granted, you know, the book would have felt tonally what the fuck, but it would have been really nice if Misha, (laughs) when we saw her and people were like, we don't, uh, we don't talk about that. If she came over and tiptoed up and was like, how Gabriel raped me for six months. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, because you get intense. And her being like, yeah, yeah. Appropriately. Well, I, I think I should be intense yeah. because I'm also not the only one who has gone through this. There's like a whole building where they do that to people. Yeah. It's um, right over all there. All the time. Constantly. We, we trade. We're allowed to walk in there. And my brother is in there. Yeah. And we've sold people to that to get me out. Yeah. You sold another girl to this place to yeah. get me out. You 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 traded, traded. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, we would like to have our sister back. And uh, when we got her back, she was like pissed about. Yeah. Um, Why can't she just dudes, like, get over I guess? it? Yeah. Yeah. So, Awful. Yeah. So the, this book, there are many reasons why this book doesn't work. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You can't say it's the worst thing in the world and then not tell us what it is. What it, yeah. And, the, and you're only going to tell us that kids don't get enough hugs. <laughs> Like, what the, the fuck? Way, Serpiente, in uh, the Kishara, we were told, you know, that there was a rule about rape. Mm-hmm. Like, so you can say that rape exists in the world, and it's the worst possible thing, and that we will kill a man for... Uh, being accused. For being accused of it. That it was better to kill a man who has been accused, never a person. It's always a man. Mm. So that can exist in your world, mm-hmm. and we know that rape was common enough. Mm-hmm. But when there's actually a character who has been raped, many, many, many characters, you won't tell us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, they won't. And, like, that is the problem, right? Is that, like, this 
it's too precious. These characters are too precious. This kink dungeon is too precious. Ooh, woo, my trainers, ooh, woo. Yes. So then why did you even try to write this book this way? Why did you even try if you weren't going to be, if, if you could not do it? This is my other thing. Mm. And this may just be my reading. Like, I'm willing to, like, you know, cop to that. To me, mm-hmm. it seems like there is a lot of empathy, not just extended by Vance, because I know that's to be expected. Right. Vance likes these people. He has been raised to like these people. The only characters who are given humanity are the trainers in in, in Midnight, right? Yeah. So, like, you you ever see, uh, I know we talked about it a little bit, Jessica being willing to go to any lengths to save her trainer. She literally stabs herself in the heart. Yeah. With a random blade given <laughs> her by a stranger. Some strange witch said, if you stab yourself in the heart with this, but, you, you, you know, you know what you can handle. It'll be great. I'll connect your power. It'll be good. I'm just believing you. Yeah. She does that to save her trainers, which yeah. feels like an act of... I care about these people enough, yeah. but my as my opposed to going, oh, how unfortunate they're going to die. I guess I'll start anew. Right, which she does earlier. She threatens it, but when it comes down to it, what she does is stab herself in the heart, yeah. right? Because it yeah. feels like Jessica has her her OCD. Mm-hmm. She has, and um, I did want to mention that she's very autism coded okay in uh, a lot of ways because Vance comments on like her lack of emotions. Mm-hmm. Her violence isn't, there's no rage. It just mm-hmm. happens. So when yeah. she whips Felix, she just is like, okay, grabs the thing, whip, whip, whip. It's and is negative like negative reinforcement, right? Yeah. It's like, this is what happens. You know, you didn't do the thing. I told you the thing. These are the consequences. That's it. I see a lot in in her mm-hmm. um, that feels really autistic coded mm-hmm. because he even says that like at one point he's seeing her and he's like, I don't know if she's just burned out or this is how she is when no one is around. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that is a weird thing to put on Jessica, mm-hmm. who the last time we saw her was like sexy catty vamp yeah. with her boots that go all the way up. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Yeah, she feels like she's given a lot more fragility here, I guess yeah. is what I'm I'm feeling from this writing. Like we are supposed to have any empathy for, for Jessica, Jessica. <laughs> rape queen, you know? I'm going to make, I'm going to mold these men into such rapists. Yeah, right. I am ca- keeping this boy captive, you know? So that in the future, he'll fucking lick my boots and use his magic to protect to us. set people on fire, you yeah. know? So, like, and then Jaguar is obviously and canonically framed as being, like, manipulatively friendly with Vance, right? Like, yes, but he's still framed as Vance's friend. Vance still thinks of him positively. Like, I ever saw a review that was like, it seemed like everybody was equally bad. Guess what, Amy? You really failed at your framing, you know? Like, if people are saying that... (laughs) The the Obsidian Guild and the Azteca and the Chantel and the the Rape Empire are equally bad. You fucked up. And I think it's because, you know, we ever get to see the humanity of this trainers Mm -hmm. of uh, Jessica. You know, we don't see the humanity of any of the slaves. Very rarely do they get names. Yeah, we get three names. I can only remember Felix and Elizabeth. And, like... Elizabeth is brought in by Jaguar uh, for a test. Yeah. But, like, it's not Vance's test. It's Elizabeth's test, mm-hmm. which he doesn't realize till later. This is a multi-purpose. I guess. You know? Fair, fair, fair. Um, so, like, she has to prove that she's such a good little sub. I'm sorry. Slave. And let Vance cut her because the blood something. It might trigger something. Might, in yeah, Vance's he might get magic, magical. Yeah. And, like, 
she does, that's no humanity. But that's the thing. Anytime we interact with slaves of midnight, they do that thing. They're robots. Okay. Yes. They're oh, not he people. said something the other day. What was it about? Uh, oh, he asked, he asked emotional things and they're like, I don't know how to answer that. I don't. Okay, very... Alexa. Yeah. Tell me how you feel about being a slave. I know we were fucking around with my Google the other night and it gave us almost a word for word answer. And it's the same thing. It's intentional. Amy is writing these people as being empty robots. Yeah. So how am I, as a reader, supposed to empathize with an empty robot? Like, oh, I can see it and say, oh, it's bad that they're like that. (laughs) It's bad that suddenly this human is an empty robot. But they don't feel like people. They feel like robots. So then this becomes like a slave empire of like robots, you know, and you you're able Man, to distance in the future, yourself when they discover robots midnight's just gonna disappear <laughs> it would have been terrible but at least it would have uh shown anything if the witch that had tried to kill jessica mm-hmm. through the, the horse had had a personality mm-hmm. for five seconds because mm. we do see him yes in pain exactly and then If when we saw him again, when he was dead, instead Mm -hmm. he was a perfectly broken slave Mm. to be like, this is what they do. This is what happens. Yeah, it's been two weeks and now this dude is like a perfect robot and I've told you everything. I think that's the problem is like, and I I hate that you you shouldn't have to explain why midnight is bad right but if no. we're if we're doing but the if you thing, want vance to see that it is right if you're showing vance that midnight is bad then these people need to have opinions about the way that their lives are going right but because of the way that amy has decided midnight works they don't mm-hmm. so then you don't get that visceral feeling they're they're everybody's just pleasant and like, oh, I can't, I can't answer that question for you. So you never, you know, you never feel that visceral feeling of like, you're doing awful things to people and they hate it. Yeah. You just get that Vance line of like, oh, well, they're, they're being fed. You know, they have places to sleep. <laughs> Are there no jobs? <laughs> yeah. They have jobs to give their life purpose. Why do they hate us? <laughs> because we have a wall to right? work on. <laughs> Truly. Like, they just do such a bad job of of framing this thing that that this whole story is about. They feel like, to an extreme, they feel like when you go to um, certain stores and you can just tell that everyone here is like, if you don't say, hi, welcome to such and such place, Mm -hmm. that like, someone's going to run up to you and be like, hey, man, (laughs) we got to greet the customers. And smile (laughs) like it feels like that taken to an extreme Mm -hmm. where it's like but all the time you're always on you're always giving customer service and if you don't do it you get raped and whipped yeah Yeah, so you're like "Mm, no it's not gonna work out you're gonna be a bleeder now yeah yeah it's just a real horrible job of really showing us what's wrong with midnight when it's right there it's not even hard to show us what's wrong with midnight it's really not like we and we should be able to read between lines and understand it but like if Vance, you know, it's your job. It's your job to tell us this stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see where we at. <sighs> I don't even know. Uh, I think the plague starts to happen. The yeah, that's what what happens next. He like starts feeling sick. Oh yeah, yeah, and then he takes the horse and yeah collapses. And the same fucking horse that Jessica was so mad about, he ends up riding her into a storm and she has like a broken or a twisted leg and so the dealers couldn't get to her in time and Mm -hmm. so we had to put her down this horse which we have been told is more important to jessica than literally even her trainers Mm -hmm. but vance fails upward (laughs) he is accurate in charge of the stable Mm -hmm. which he had 
two weeks of training at this point now. I mean, it's probably longer because this this book is very flexible with its timeline. Like, I guess. You know, time passes. They don't really specify how much. They don't. But, like, it was, like, two days and then two weeks. And I'm like, not a lot of time has passed here. But you're definitely not a well-trained oh, no. stableman of mm-hmm. any kind of way. Well, because, and that's the other thing, Vance doesn't change. Vance doesn't ever feel more mature or, yeah. like, more skilled. No, not at all. He's always just kind of a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I would be so mad if I was the, if I was Felix's secondhand man and I had this job. Passed over. Yeah. And then like, I'm doing my job. And then two weeks later, this fucking 14 year old walks up to me and is like, well, I guess I'm in charge now. And it's like. Who looks 11. You. Who looks 11. You've had like less than a month with these horses. In that time, one of them died because of you. Mm -hmm. In fact, this is your punishment for letting one die. Your punishment is that you're in charge of me now? (laughs) this guy you know this system sucks this is terrible (laughs) you're gonna get all of these horses killed Mm -hmm. because he doesn't know i would just that is a moment where i'm like the author does not understand horses (laughs) (laughs) she's like hey you know i think i think mr shashik is like really bad at her job i think she makes really bad decisions blood witch aka jessica sucks at her job (laughs) (laughs) just like andreos before her (laughs) um there was something while well, we were discussing Jessica and her weird, tragic implications. Oh, Malachi's comment? What What Malachi's comment? Malachi what was like, got? if she's this weird about dirt oh. or whatever. Uh, I forget what he called it, but if, if she's this weird about filth, it makes, me, yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder what happened to her as a human. So there is that. You know, we imply that Jessica has this tragic backstory. Trauma. Jessica, queen of rape. Yeah. Um, but no, the other thing about like... Vance talks to her and she says, I don't remember how he prompts it, but her answer is, I tried being kind and trusting. My subjects became arrogant and turned on me. It is indeed better to be feared than loved. So there's this implication that this is the only way. I've tried the other ways. This is the only, so there's so many things that like make it seem, make Jessica seem like not that bad of a guy. (laughs) And it's like, Amy, what are you doing? Right? And Rape like capital. The line early on with Brina about men fear powerful women. It's like, are you saying that because she, like she tried being nice because she was a woman, mm-hmm. uh, that her subjects turned on her? Mm-hmm. And so now she has to be evil. Right. Like, like oh, the s- system that Jessica built is making her evil. Like, I guess. What? I don't remember if Lyodin Manor... Which was her first attempt at, at midnight. Okay. I don't remember if it had slaves. Okay. But I guarantee at least it had something, because otherwise you couldn't have an empire. Mm-hmm. She was building stuff, and then the Inquisition happened. Uh. Yeah. And the lion shapeshifters who were working for her, which you remember from Kieshara. Sure. You know, were just kind of mercenaries doing their own do. Yeah. When the Inquisition was like... What's up? We're gonna stab you. They were. They gave up Lyodin and just were like, "Here it is. This is where it is. Leave us the fuck alone." Were they like, "This is a witch kind of thing"? Probably. Like, yeah. They okay. they just like you know said to the Inquisition, "Oh, you want to find the devil? Sure. Um, you know, yeah. um, go here." Mm-hmm. And that's how they had to leave the old so world. It was the lions that she's referring to when she's saying she tried being kind and trusting. Yeah, because she trusted them. And then she had the lion shapeshifters wiped out. Okay. 
I can't remember if they were people of color, but I feel it like feels I remember like they, were. they should be because they're lions and yeah. everybody like is the ethnicity of the place that they come yeah. from. Yeah. Except for the cobras and you know, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Which is why it was very confusing to me that they weren't. Okay. Mm-hmm. So but that doesn't even address the slaves. I know. Well and that's the thing, is like I don't know if she if she had Slaves, then? That's just her employees. Right. <laughs> the shapeshifters. Now I have birds who watch this place because I can fuck up a bird, you know? <laughs> They're fragile bones. <laughs> right? I'll just, you know, teleport into the air, grab one of them, snap its neck, and then be done with She's it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid. That is not the implication of that sentence, first no. of all. The implication of it is that, like, she had that some I had big like empire a cult or something, yeah, yeah, and that they were like, and they turned on me and like, you know, it would be great if we just made ourselves into vampires, or like they tried to burn me at the stake or something. Yeah. Like that's what that implies. Yep. Fuck yep, off. Yep. Yeah, that's that's. But and you know, obviously, this is my my memory. I don't know. This is not in the text. Yeah. Anyway, so Van Star's getting sick. Yes. He passes out, and the reason he passes out, they had they bring an Azteca in to look at him, mm-hmm. which is a wild choice. I guess that that cat's out of the bag because Malachi brought him to an Azteca. True, true, true. It is still weird, though, to be like, all right, look, we've had this kid for 14 years and we didn't tell you anything about him. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's not doing so hot. Weird. Yeah. We took him away from its garden and now he's hanging around midnight and I'm sure it has nothing to do with midnight being a terrible place. <laughs> Could you just come look at him? So they bring this Azteca in. Mm-hmm. The Azteca looks at him and she's like, he's got like, too much blood or some dumb shit. <laughs> there is a, a canonical explanation, but the, the long and the short of it is that he needs to bleed. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Because they, it's a ritual thing that the Azteca witches do. Like they, I think it might literally be they have too much blood. He needs to bleed it out. Or it will overwhelm him and he'll pass out. Yeah, because his blood is magic. Yeah. So. Could you imagine you're just like in this culture when it's first starting and you're just like, ha, everything's just like mm, blood and fire and I don't know what we'll do. Could I just, could I just. Just, just cut me. Just, just cut me. Here we go. Oh, feels, oh, so, feels so, so much, much better. better. Oof. So, oh, thank you. That's the thing that she explains. She says that he was like woken up because of his exposure to blood. Oh, and it's because right, of Felix Callista and, and Felix. Callista, he right. saw their blood, and he like magically connected with it, and that woke his magic blood up. This is so dumb. He got a blood I'm saying boner. the words out loud. Yes, he got a blood boner, mm-hmm. and now if he no. doesn't come, mm-hmm. he's gonna pass out. It's yeah. such a tragic thing. It's just what if boys you don't have cut to him to completion with. once a month. <laughs> he's got blue blood, <laughs> <laughs> which is his privilege. <laughs> What is this privilege? Literally, what where it does means. this fit into this fucking weird privilege metaphor? It doesn't. Why did you make your characters this way? We didn't know anything about the Azteca. I know. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. This. The more that I learned about the Azteca, the less I like it. But Seriously. anyway, she's like, if you let him come with me, he'll be a servant. But we'll cut him every day yeah, and make sure he gets he the, the care that he's taking care of as much as he wants. Yeah. But he he'll will be a, be a low servant, servant yeah. to the lowest houses, unlike what he's supposed to be, which is like a holy priest. Right. Because he's been culturally abducted. Yeah, because you stole him. 
Oh, and Jaguar was like, that doesn't sound so good. Oh, it's because he's loyal to Midnight. It's not even that he's been abducted. It's because they don't trust him. Yeah, but ultimately, he's loyal to Midnight because he was abducted. <laughs> but I just mean that, like, they're not, it's not like a thing where they're like, oh, because he wasn't raised with us. It's like, no, because we don't, because he might, yeah. like, narc. Yeah, you know? no, no, absolutely. They, they yeah. think he's a narc. Or this one woman thinks he's a narc. Yes. Because, you know, we find out later that the other one's like, kid, no. She was fucking wrong. That's so weird. It is so weird. Was she wrong? I don't know, because we're constantly told something, and then, like, it sounds like that's a lie, and then we get told five more times that's the truth. Right. But then we get told something that is like, okay, that sounds like the truth. She's speaking with authority about her culture. Because we have no frame of reference. Right, because it's about a culture we've never interacted with before in all of these 18 motherfucking books. For another person to show up and be like, no, 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 she was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Being like... How often are your blood witches taken from you? I wouldn't think there would even... Protocol. Yeah, there would be no protocol. She might have said, well, I think maybe that, you know, since you'd be a fucking narc, probably, uh, we would need you to prove your loyalty to us. You could train a little bit, I'm sure. And then eventually, you know, since you have lost these 14 years, uh, make it up. And 14 years from now, you'll be where you should be now. You'll be a little behind. Right. It makes sense of, like, you're behind in the training. Yeah. So you're not going to have whatever status you should have at this age. Right. This, but... this is the Den of Shadows. You should have started when you were seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Mm. It's narrative appropriateness, right? Because at this point, Vance is given two options, right? You stay here in the bad rape capital that you only vaguely think might be bad. You got some inklings, so but like everybody's so is. nice and like nobody's mean to me. Yeah. No so, one's raping me. Yeah. Or you go be a servant. You have to serve people and it's just mean? so bad and Wee. you're not going to be treated like a little prince. So <laughs> that's, that's narratively. <laughs> you know where vance is in the theme right like it doesn't matter that it makes sense canonically because that's not what it's there for yeah yeah no you're 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 right because he's told he should be a little prince a prince and <laughs> he's in ebony he's in midnight where he is being treated like okay. a little prince mm-hmm. and it's like Ew, gross you want to go be like a, a poor servant yeah poor, poor? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. but he doesn't even know what being a servant means yeah I mean, what does it mean? I would have been like, he knows it enough to not want to be it because he's seen because he's, he's seen the servants get struck and true. like you know the child that replaced him got beaten that's after true, death. That's true. I would definitely ask you like, what? I don't know what the fuck the low houses are. Right. I don't know what that means to Azteca. Yeah, what does that mean to you? What would I be doing? And we're fucking all sidesing so hard here. Everybody, because this book is about complicity, right? Like, everybody is complicit to midnight. So we have to show that everybody is equally terrible to people contextually in their cultures, right? Like, the Chantel, the Serpiente, the Avians will all sell people into midnight as punishment. Mm. So they're complicit, you know? The Obsidian Guild work with it, even though... You would think that of all the people, the Obsidian Guild are supposed to be like our moral compasses, but no. Even they sell, they right. work. They also sell people into midnight. And like, they sell people into midnight to get people from Obsidian back, who yeah. other cultures sold in. Yeah. So. so you know, everybody in this world is equally terrible, right? Mm. Even and even How though are my eyes still in my fucking head, <laughs> I've been rolling them so hard. Even though in the beginning we're told that the Azteca and the Shant. Is it the Azteca and the Chantel are the only ones who 
could stand yeah. up to yeah. midnight. Because that's the one with the Sakri. It's definitely the Azteca. Yes. But the Chantel are also... The three magical ones are the Shaman Meek, the falcons. Right. The Chantel, which are the like mountain lions and cougars. Nah. And then the um, Azteca, which are the jaguars and the quetzals. Right. So they're like, these people we could be afraid of. Yes. Because we don't, they have magic that we don't understand and that we don't have protection against because we only pay mercenary witches and they are only as loyal as, as the we pay them to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they want Vance to have like a intrinsically loyal witch. Yes. Right. Yes. So no, we're just, we're all sizing here. So at this point in the story, like we're giving Vance the choice between comfort and Whatever they think the Azteca stand in for. Like, what did the Azteca stand in for? Truth? The real world? I guess, right? Like, and we've discussed it a little bit, like, outside of this. But, mm-hmm. the, like, the idea of this book is that I don't want to feel bad about my position and yeah. the things that I don't have control over. I'm waking up and feel bad uh, that I didn't know this stuff. That, like, other people have it worse than me. Yeah, I don't want to feel bad about that. Yeah. Why should I feel bad about that? I mean, Vance has his little diatribe, right? Like, is it my job to sacrifice myself, my comfort, and freedom because the world is not a good place? My selling myself to the Azteca or the Obsidian Guild won't make the evil in this world go away. It won't make Felix live or undo Callista's death. Why should I hate Midnight and turn against it for giving me the privileged life denied to so many others? Okay, so that's where we are. That reads like Brina. Those words could mm-hmm. be Brina. Yeah. Vance doesn't have his own perspective. I mean, that is kind of Brina's fucking screed in, in PTK. PTK. Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know. Why should I have to give up this stuff? You don't. You don't have to. You actually to. don't. That's what you're struggling with right now. Mm-hmm. But you're not struggling with it because you don't care. I think I thought about this at some point on one of our car rides uh, around the past couple days. That it could have been a much better thing for him to want to leave. Mm-hmm. For them to say, okay, but you haven't actually spent any time in Midnight. Mm-hmm. Before you leave fully, give us a month. Mm-hmm. Let us show you what you could have here. And then if you choose to leave, you can leave. Because mm-hmm. they always keep saying, you can leave. Yeah, you can leave, you can leave you anytime want. you want. Yeah. But for him to be like, I don't want to be part of this. I was raised in a beautiful place and everyone should have such a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Why would I want these kids to be in this dark place where they never see the sun? That's mm-hmm. terrible. I saw the sun all the time. You know, for him to say not, why should I give up my privilege? But for him to say, I'm willing to give up my privilege. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything to to earn it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything to, you know, disearn it. Mm-hmm. Like, for him to to be a more active character. Like, I think it's just, it's really tough because I can see the idea of it could be interesting for a character to be struggling mm-hmm. with these thoughts mm-hmm. of, well, why the fuck should I give up my privilege? Mm-hmm. But it's so hard and it's done so poorly. Well, and I think that's one of the things that I noticed in the reviews that I was reading. Yeah. I went through every three star and under review on Goodreads, <laughs> like every single one of them. And a lot of the thing that I saw people complaining about was like, it takes Vance so long to stop defending the vampires to like realize something that clearly the readers were like, you should like catch up. Like, kid, catch we are up, ahead kid. of you. Yeah, yeah. And like, that was a complaint. It was like, Vance is so, for so long, like so stubbornly 
devoted to like these blatantly terrible people. Like it's, it's selfishness. Mm -hmm. That's the problem because a more interesting developed protagonist, Mm -hmm. someone who is meant to be your hero of your story Mm -hmm. is going to learn that lesson quicker because instead he always looks at it and goes, well, I don't want that. He never looks at it and says, this is awful for other people. For other people. Yes. It's, he's, he's saying, well, you're telling me the world out there is so tough. Why would I want to go do that? No, that is a bad protagonist. That is your like minor character where you're like, oh, he's, he's not that great. Cause he's like, why the fuck would I want to help you? What's in it for me? Like that's your, that's your seedy guy at a bar that you're trying to convince to help take you over the mountain, mm-hmm. you know, who's like, well, it sounds awful out there. So you're going to have to make it worth my while. But instead he's just like, why would I want to go do stuff? Why would I gonna go outside into the real world where I could get hurt right. and I wouldn't have food and it would be cold. It'd be cold. And, and I have hungry. no medicine if I got hurt. I could die out there. I mean, so that's the thing, right? Like that's when we were talking about like the slaves. Don't mm. you don't have empathy for the slaves, so, like they're object lessons, you know what I yeah. mean? Felix is a lesson, Elizabeth is a lesson. Yeah, it's is everything is like a prop, right? You never feel this empathy. Because Vance doesn't feel the empathy because it's not the point of the book, right? This book is a tantrum about having to recognize your privilege. This book is a tantrum, okay? Yeah. No, yeah. That is the word. It's very childish. Yeah. That's why it takes so long to get there. And Vance is 14, Uh so fine. But you made the choice to make Vance 14. And I feel like you make the choice to make Vance 14 to drag this out as long as possible. Like, he's so innocent and sheltered, which they say constantly that like he keeps running back to these trainers because they're nice to him Mm -hmm. and it's hard in the world for him Mm -hmm. and why should he give up his His comfort it's very childish asshole it but he's 14 so we can't say that yeah we can say that as to the character because if he was 18 he's still a child but like if it was Brina, we could just say you're an asshole you suck suck. yeah but eventually you figure it out and you go Wow, I've been an asshole. This, and it's because, and that's one of the things that, like, the conclusion that I came to when I was trying to fucking process all this Mm. shit in my head is that the world details, the, whether they analogous or not with the way that the real world works, the systems that we have placed in the real world, which this book is explicitly against, even though they're, they're not against any specific system, just <laughs> the, the system. bad system that right. keeps us from recognizing our Is privilege. It yet? We're not going to name it. No. We're not going to say racism no. or white privilege or no. capitalism. Just you know the system that we're all talking about now because it's 2014, and you God. know that's a hot subject. But like the fact that the system is like colonialism, racism, and white privilege, and I think. Gabriel might be the only fucking white person among them. <laughs> right? And right? <laughs> but yeah, so like, the, the all of that stuff doesn't matter because the heart of this book is a child being told that the way that he's lived is hurting other people, even though he's never personally hurt another person, right. and him being upset about that. And then eventually coming to agree with that. But so much of the book is spent in that mindset of the, like the quote that we just read. We're like, why should I give up my privilege? And I'm going to make all these excuses for all these awful things these characters are doing. And like, 
That is the point of this book. It's to be sad about losing your privilege and then eventually just accept that to be a good person, you have to be sad about losing your privilege. Yeah. Because basically everyone goes through that. Yeah, sure. Everyone learns, you know, whatever, wherever you are, Mm -hmm. that the world is tougher than you thought it was. Some people, this happens very early. (laughs) But everyone loses that innocence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a weird fucking thing that people want to go back to being innocent Mm -hmm. when it's like, you want to not remember? You just don't want to have to think about it. Yeah. You don't want to have to think about, like, the people, like, to go Brina for a second, the Mm. people who make your clothes or your phones or, you know. Right. All of that stuff. But he's a kid for the first time seeing that the world is bigger than it is. And instead of it just being like a normal kid's discovering the world is bigger, your parents aren't perfect, and bad shit happens, and bad shit has happened around you and you never noticed it. He's in a slave empire. <laughs> like, kid, I ain't got no sympathy on that one. Mm-hmm. Like, you you kind of woke up in, like, the worst possible <laughs> place that you could, so... Um... And it took you... 200 pages to finally decide, you know, and watching multiple people, people die and be whipped and just, and that's what it takes. Like, so people start getting like sick and stuff and he doesn't know what to do. And Malachi, I think gets brought in and Jessica is like, you did this because you brought him to me. Right, because Vance is the source blood. of the plague. Yeah, his blood has poison in it. And yeah. uh, Jaguar and Gabriel and Taro and one other person have been infected. And like 20, 20 enslaved people have been infected with this thing. And she's like, it's your problem. You did this. Figure mm-hmm. it out. But she lets Vance go and he tries to find the Obsidian Guild. Mm-hmm. Um, right, because she's like, well, Malachi did it. Malachi's magic can fix it. So right. Vance doesn't really need, need to, to be, be here. here for that. And, and she's like, like, you're fine. Yeah. And I guess. Whatever. And the Obsidian Guild finds him. Mm-hmm. And somehow, in the course of being in that scene, he decides, you know, like I said, it's been 200 pages, mm-hmm. that now he cares. About it, Malachi specifically. Yeah, and... I said to you in our, our long drive that it felt like all you had to do was be the last person who talked to Vance. <laughs> and yeah. you're the one who he's believing. Yeah, it's your opinion. Yeah. So if he had had, if Jaguar had woken up from being, you mm-hmm. know, passed out on the marble floor uh, and been like, hey, don't destroy Midnight. Yeah. Um, we're good. Those people are bad because they infected you out there. The world is hard and cold. Woo. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, you're right, big brother Jaguar. <laughs> you know, he's just so susceptible that it's like his about face on it doesn't feel earned. He's a very passive character. Yeah. Like, there is a point, and that may be intentional, There, because there is a point, and they make a big deal about it, where Vance makes a choice, and it's this. It's, it's my this, choice. I have to choose. It's this choice to go back into Midnight and save Malachi when nobody else really wants to do that, except, I think, Misha. Just Misha. And everybody else is like, no, that's a bad idea. And then Vance is like, no, actually, we should. That is pointedly Vance making a choice and yeah. taking a stand. But he has to run off and find someone else to do it, though. So many hundreds of pages of Vance being a passive character. And it's not, you know, obviously not just us. Even a hundred pages in would have been significantly better. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's, 
So they still haven't decided to do it. He tells about the plague on 237. This is fucking ridiculous. I loved them, but I could not let them continue. Okay, it is page 244. I can't believe I was that wrong. Out of 278. Before Vance makes a... I guess he makes the choice to keep going back. So I can't say that he doesn't make choices. Sure. But he doesn't switch over to midnight equals bad Mm -hmm. until 30 pages until the end of this book. Mm -hmm. That is way too long to be waffling. Well, and especially if you, the reader, have long since decided that the slave empire is bad. (laughs) And Vance doesn't join you until 30 pages before the end of the book. Yeah. Then you're like, what do we do? I was like, what? How did this happen? I felt like whiplash. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did I miss a feeling here? No. So, I mean, so that's one of the other things. Like, we talked about how this book is kind of just a, a tantrum about recognizing your privilege. Mm-hmm. But it's also, there's the other thing that Vance struggles with is his attachment to his family, right? As The right. trainers as his family right. and Tarot- Midnight as his home. Yeah, Tarot has always been the person who was there for him. He hugs him. He shows him (laughs) kindness. Brina has been the one who, you know, maintained this beautiful garden Mm -hmm. and he lived there and he modeled for her. And she's so brilliant and I've got a crush. She gave him purpose because he tended her greenhouse. Yeah. And Jessica has always been his patron, Patron. you know, that he's never met. And always told, you know, if it weren't for Jessica. But like, Mm -hmm. there's this feeling of, I have realized a thing that my family has not. My family perpetuates harm yeah but i don't want to stop loving them how do i how do i keep functioning you know how do i break from my conservative family i know know? i was just thinking i'm like this is you find out that you've got a family that is a bunch of uh asshole racists who have like committed a bunch of hate crimes or you know or just you become woke and now i have to be careful at thanksgiving with yeah. what i say you know it's, it's that can i keep going back to thanksgiving though? yeah it's like, like is that okay is it okay for me to still love my family even though they're all you know even passively racist you know complicitly racist like and the answer is for for humans mm-hmm. with their human families mm-hmm. it is okay to love bad people mm-hmm. But not to enable it. Yeah. To enable them. You know, there comes a point where you have to stand up. Where you have to say, look, I love you, but you do this bad shit, and so I can't be near you. Yeah. And I do want you to change. And depending upon how much I feel like I can do anything about that, mm-hmm. I will continue to see you, you know, but know that I'm going to call you out and I'm not going to stand for it anymore. Right. Uh, or I can't handle it, um, so I got to cut you off from me. Right. And, and there's that's tough. There, yeah, there is an like a an empathetic feeling there of like I understand what you're getting at with these parallels that you're drawing, and but like except that these people they're slaves they are, kidnapped this child yeah. or didn't kidnap him, but they're holding him captive, and it doesn't work, Amy. It doesn't work the way that you want it to so badly, and then. Like we talked a little bit about. It's not a conservative family. It's not. A, they're slavers. Yeah, they're they're rapists. We know, we know that the South did this. <laughs> You know, and similarly, it has that feeling of like, oh, I'm breaking away from like my rich family, yeah. you know, like, oh, Hi, can I, I've done that. I ha- Right. I have to go live on my own. I have to work. I have to earn my own money. Oh, man. It makes I, me extra mad about this fucking book. Yeah. I had to run away from my family. Right. And work on my own. And it was fucking hard. And I have been homeless. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's not easy. But I left 
because they were awful and abusive Mm -hmm. and were mean to me and the children and they were terrible. Oh my God, the way they talked about people, they were so racist, so homophobic, so transphobic. Mm -hmm. Like they were even just like, a little phobic of people who like had funky colored hair. <laughs> like if they're I, that white. If I can leave my shitty family and be like, I'm leaving because that is better. Mm-hmm. I can't have any fucking sympathy for this kid who goes, you have slaves. You torture them. And I don't know what sex is, but I hear you do it the bad way. <laughs> and I mean, I think that is another thing that I felt reading this. Like, this book is absolutely not for me. I think even if I needed it, I wouldn't need it to be this sympathetic towards me. I don't you need know, to be this sympathetic struggle. towards my shitty family yeah. that I realized are terrible. But it really, it really is there to handhold people for whom this is a real problem. Like, I like oh, I, I understand how you are going to have trouble not seeing your family and your big yeah. brother. And I understand they were how, so rich and you had that lake house. Right. And, I understand how uh, it's going to be hard for you to oh, go get a job. Right. And, and your, your big brother who you were just really starting to connect with. Right. Like, I understand, but... It's the right thing to do, is what this book says. And then, you know, for anybody else for whom this is not that intense a struggle, Mm -hmm. you're like, what is going on? Like, just dump them. Do you see the skeleton meme? Hit the bricks. (laughs) You know, God forbid, like, a person of color reads this, you know, or like anybody who's had any real experience with the the opposite side of this, of being like a victim of your family, Mm -hmm. or, you know, then you're gonna be like, is this what you were struggling with? Your discomfort, mild oh, discomfort. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, are, are you uncomfortable? <laughs> um, I'm in pain. Yeah. <laughs> and being harmed and being, you know, abused and raped and yeah. uh, you know, not being fed. And I've been taken from my family and my life. But you're uncomfortable. It's deeply hand-holding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Not that that work doesn't need to be done. Sure. But this, A, this book is bad at it. It's a weird choice. It's a weird choice. This book is bad at it. And maybe not done in this way, you know? So. You're um, so sympathetic to the fucking terrible family. So sympathetic to that certainly doesn't need to be done this way. And in the real world where these are not vampire rapists, maybe you can kind of try to draw some shades of gray. But in this. Give me Alice Dare realizing that her family's shitty, her hawk family, or whatever, or not, because I hate when they do it that way. Give me give me Hara Kiesha Cobriana realizing that the Serpientes suck mm-hmm. and that they're doing bad stuff because they're a monarchy. And she doesn't want to keep bowing to midnight. Fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's better than literally the fucking heart of the Empire. I truly, like, it really goes hard on complicity. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll read Vance's ending, concluding paragraph to this Absolutely. essay. But it goes hard on complicity, which was kind of what it's about because Vance is complicit. But it goes hard on systematic complicity, which feels a little off topic. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the weird dynamics, racial dynamics of this world. Like, we're going to talk hard about complicity on, like, the indigenous Mexican and Native American tribes. Yeah. Really? That's what we're yeah. doing? That's who you want to call out? But, you know, in the vacuum of this stupid fucking world <laughs> that doesn't make sense to anybody. Yeah, for, for a story about complicity, be a person in a complicit empire. But, you know, being... A little brother to a slave rapist is just, what are you doing? <laughs> right? This, yeah, I'm going to need you to wake up faster, kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I cannot have it be 30 pages to the end (laughs) where you finally go. After you've met so many rape victims that it starts hurting a little bit, you know, like, oh, maybe this is a bad thing. I had thought of something I wanted to say uh, a moment ago. It was the uh, the people who need this book, mm-hmm. who need their hand held like it. Mm-hmm. The Vances of the world. Mm-hmm. I'm the Misha. <laughs> you are. You're the Misha. I'm the Misha who's going to be like, I don't fucking care mm-hmm. what you want in this. I don't care how slowly everyone else has been telling you how bad your family is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now. And no uncertain terms. I'm not going to shave down these corners i'm gonna beat you over the head with the truth because you're not waking up fast enough mm-hmm. and i need you to wake the fuck up right because my brother's in there my brother's Which, again in that place your family is hurting him right now <laughs> selfish motivation for misha everybody here nobody cares about this nobody cares about the slaves that's the other thing yeah, i was no, really I frustrated do, I about i wish misha was like fuck midnight fuck it so hard i'm taking it all down first we have to get my brother out and then we're gonna take it down <laughs> but it's like just a problem with the conception of the book in general again is that nobody thinks about the slaves it's all the yeah. personal individual harm that's being done <laughs> so individualist anyway mm-hmm, we mm-hmm, this book mm-hmm, is over mm-hmm. so vance leaves he finds the obsidian guild um he the thing that is so vitally important to the whole plot of this book, but is only tangentially like referenced in the last few pages, he finds a Chantel guard. Yeah, we've who, seen twice, a couple before. of times. The first yeah. time Vance left, we and then arrived at the market, and then like some other time at the market. He's explicitly not given a name because it's against Chantel culture, but then that makes him even less of a character. I know. So he finds this guy, and he's like. What he because he finds him by himself. He goes, he goes to the market and he the guard's not working and the other guards are like, oh yeah, this is where his his little cabin is. Why does he go find him? He goes to find um, him for another reason. Although I do think it's very funny that he still doesn't have a name because if someone came up to me and was like, hey, there was a guard here and um, he looked like blah 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 blah, and I'd be like, oh, Bill. No, he's not working today. Oh, yeah. What do they call this person? Right? What do they call him? Because you wouldn't just be like, ah, yes, the Chantel guard. <laughs> right. Like, we have a couple of them. Yeah. Okay. So what Got happens it. is he decides with the Obsidian Guild that they are going to go get Malachi. Save Malachi. Nothing else. Malachi is their only priority. <sighs> So they decide that in order to save Malachi, they need to save the trainers. In order to save the trainers, they need a witch. Where can we get a witch? The Chantel. Well, the Chantel won't see us. Okay, well, I know a Chantel guard who doesn't seem totally loyal to Midnight. I'm going to go talk to him. Maybe he he can get us into the Chantel to, like, talk to their side. Okay, so they thought they would have to go to the Chantel. Yes. Right, okay. So Katie makes some some comment about the fucking Chantel are going to be like Ents. They're going to take a month to fucking meditate on it. Yeah. So that is why he goes to find the Chantel okay. guard. And then the Chantel guard reveals himself to be... Uh, dominoes to make that happen. I know. So he reveals himself to be, uh, he says, an apprentice to a witch. Yeah. And then he, he was... He, he had studied death magic. Yes. And, and he's like... What? Vampires are dead. Yeah. So he's, he like self-exiled is what he tells Vance. Mm-hmm. And like that is why he is... A guard for midnight. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, great. Cool. Conveniently. You can maybe help us fix this plague. So the Chantel witch is like, sure. I yeah. sure could. I, you know. And he even tells him, like, I saw my death in the cells of midnight or something. Not until they're in the cell. Okay. Yeah. That's so later. he and Vance 
like they form this plan with obsidian there's phases or whatever but they the long and the short of it is they go into midnight vance says i have a witch who can solve your problem jessica says sounds legit fine the witch says their goal is to they decide to kill jessica like that's their goal when they go in there yeah so initially their plan is to save the trainers to free Malachi, but then it changes to we're going to kill everybody. Yeah, because the, the Chantel, Chantel guard witch, is like... He's the last person to talk to Vance. So therefore, yeah, his therefore isn't Chantel. It's true. It's true. This fucking kid, if Jessica was just like, okay, well, right. I want to live uh, through this and I want my trainers to survive and there's no one else in this room, so I roll my... My, my D10, influence. <laughs> and uh, I see that my dominate completely overpowers you because you have, like, no mind dots. Like, okay. All your dots are, like, ones. Right, because they don't tell the Obsidian Guild. Right. The Obsidian Guild still think it's, like, the original plan. Yeah, because Katie walks in with him, and he's just like, oh, no, I would like to tell Katie, but I can't. But I can't, yeah, because then she'll spill the beans. Yeah. So, yeah, him and the Chantel have this secret pact where they're going to, like, kill all the trainers now. So they, the Chantel works some kind of magic and he says, okay, I have linked your infected magic to this knife. And all Jessica has to do is like even scratch herself and she'll die. And so Vance, but he doesn't say it. Instead, he's like, all right, I'm going to bleed the trainers now so I can connect to the problem. Right. He's telling Jessica. And instead he cuts Vance because she's in the other room and can hear everything. So he's just like... Okay, I'm cutting a trainer now and definitely not Vance. <laughs> right. So he's so they tell Jessica, we're going to heal your trainers. Instead, mm-hmm. uh, all you need to do to heal your trainers is stab yourself in the chest with this knife as deep as you can go. The deeper, the better. <laughs> I mean, he says, you know, only, uh, a scratch will be okay, but it would be best to have heart's blood. You know, you know. how to do. Yeah. You know, if you can handle that, do it. She's just like, <laughs> stab. Yeah. And then like, Jessica waits there so for much. a minute. It was like, okay. All right. So she pulls it out and then they just, they're left in a cell to sort of wait it out to see yeah. what happens. And then an Azteca busts in. It's the weirdest thing. Okay. 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 It's the, it's the last fucking chapter and it's the weirdest fucking thing. I remember reading this. So yeah, it goes from like, okay, you can come in here, him doing the thing. They get put in the cell and he says, Ah, yes, I have seen my death in this cell. Uh, I don't know if it happens, you know, because they, you know, Jessica realizes what we've done and murders me, or, you know, it's a locked they door. Leave we us starve. Here. We starve. Yeah. Everybody's dead. We kill everyone. Hooray. You know, yeah. if we. If this guy's willing to take the fucking fall. I know, and I, I super fucking love him for that. Seriously. Look, unsung hero of the fucking Midnight series. Yeah. He's like, if I die in this cell. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually good. And we'll we'll talk about it in yeah. a minute. Okay, so Chantal Gard says, If it helps, you did change the world, hopefully for the better. No, Katie answered. It really doesn't... The door burst open and we all turned, expecting Mistress Jessica, expecting the end. The woman who stormed in had the dark, angled features I associated with the Azteca, but I had not seen her before. Her upper arms bore the scars of many small cuts placed in ritualistic fashion, and her hands held a short bow with an arrow already knocked as she shouldered open the cell door. That is the end of the chapter. Like, I'm I'm fully expecting them to be down here for, like, a day before this happens, mm-hmm. being like, all right, well... What's going on up there? Right? It's like, 
he said that when Jessica goes to sleep, she will never wake up. Yeah. Because she'll have these dreams and then she'll be infected. And and she'll know she's infected and then she'll come fuck us up. Right. But if she, when the sun sets. Oh my God. Because it's tied to the sun's power. Because the blood magic is fire magic. Fire magic is sun power. What kind? Is it, is it literal UV rays or is it the mystical energy that the sun emits from space? As soon as there's too much earth in the way. Right. So I'm expecting it to be like, you know, like I said, maybe a couple hours Mm -hmm. of them waiting. Instead, no, they've been in here for two motherfucking seconds. And then the arrow, new chapter, the arrow flew before any of us could move. It hissed by my cheek, the slight breeze of it passing inexplicably hot on my face. The Chantal witch tried to dodge, but the archer was too close. He fell to his knees, the other hand moving, blood, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he lets out a shriek and he dies. In agony, by the in way. horrible agony from the Azteca blood magic. We get the, the, the name Alejandra, Mistress Jessica's cool cutting voice floated across towards us. You seem to have made a mess of my witch. Like, you've just introduced a character that I know to be Jaguar's sister. Is that? Yes. I hate this book. This came out of nowhere. We we are told that you don't recognize this this Azteca. You've never seen her. This is not one not of the- Not one of the other Azteca that we have met. Right. Or even like, oh, I remember seeing her with the- with the Yeah, they had a- Azteca. They had a, a group, you know. Hunter with them or something. Right. Just being like, yes, oh, I saw a woman. She had ritualistic cuts. Oh my goodness, it's the woman from the market. Mm-hmm. No. The reason this whole thing happens is because- Jessica was pissed because her trainers were dying or going to die, and they'd right, lost a bunch we didn't of. Mention that, and it is kind of important. And the humans were dying, and they. She said, "Hey, we, we've lost that's a bunch of humans." Why she sent Vance out. She sent him on an errand oh, to the market, and she was like, "Come back or don't. I don't care." And then the obsidian grabbed him. Right. right. Okay. She's given another like privileged choice, yeah. like come back oh, of damn. your own volition or go out and have a hard life. Yeah, but make your choice. He's illiterate so he can't uh he can't read this this message this, that says right. we want flesh for all the people we've lost. Uh and you are the Azteca and they don't say which types of shapeshifters they have to give them and they're like obsidian's pissed mm-hmm. because, because they can just take us obsidian yeah. into to pay Let's their debt. Because all these slaves had died, and basically Jessica wants fucking flesh reimbursement. Ridiculous. And if the trainers die, then they'll need a blood witch. Yeah, because that'll count for like 10 slaves or something. Shapeshifters count for 10 slaves. Yeah, yeah. But if a trainer dies, I need more. So we literally meet this woman, and she's like, we didn't commit this crime. We won't be blamed. She's like, if you attempt to imprison me for his death, you will find it difficult. Blah, blah, blah. You'd be benefit from hearing me out. This is page two sixty eight <laughs> of of two seventy eight. Oh my god, ten pages. Where she says that the Pochteca who first found Vance, like sensed the poison in his blood and was like, given his innocent upbringing, she didn't think it appropriate to let him die for his association with you. We don't kill our children for their childhood misdeeds. You're welcome to return to us if you choose. I'll take responsibility for you, blah, blah, blah. Right, because we're meant to, the whole book, we're led to believe that this is something the Azteca have done. They've infected Vance so that he will infect Midnight so that it will fall. Yeah. And then at the very last minute, the Azteca show up and say, no, actually, it was this random nameless Chantel guard. Yeah. And Jessica goes, what of my men? 
Now that the Death Witch is dead, his power will fade. Unfortunately, they should recover swiftly. Do you require payment for your service? This is not a service, she spat. If he had managed to infect you, I would have volunteered as his protector until your corpse was rotting in the ground. His incompetence is the only reason I interfered. I wish for only one boon in return for this dirty work, one that might aid even you. And we don't even get to know. What? We don't even get to know. The timing is so bad. It comes out with deus ex Azteca Mm -hmm. and it's out of nowhere. We've never met this character Mm -hmm. before. She just comes in. She says, you know, you should give me a fucking boon to this. We don't even get to know what it is. Yeah. Like, like stop being so fucking coy with your plot lines. We don't know. And we don't care. Again, it's like, what, you know, what part of this are we missing? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's not, it's, it's Amy being like, oh, well, Vance wouldn't have access to this information, but it makes a worse story. Yeah. So give him access to the information. (laughs) He doesn't need to be a TV for us to know about this. I know, you know, you can, there are other ways, have her just ask right in front of her. This is what I want. Yeah. I want a boon. I want this one thing. Fine. Done. Yeah. And then, you know, if it means anything. And if if it wouldn't even know what, but we would later. Right. Yeah. Are, are we going to find piece. out later, like, what the boon was? I don't remember I don't even the rest remember. of the series. I don't remember, because as far as I remember, she's one of the people that helps take down Midnight. Mm. All right. So anyway, you want to do the... Oh, well, we need to talk about the Chantel Witch real quick. Yes. So, like, again, and maybe maybe this is intentional, and maybe this is all part of, like, the complicity thing, but mm-hmm. you have this character who is willing to sacrifice himself, mm-hmm. Vance, Malachi, Katie... Yeah. And all of the infected human slaves. Yep. He's willing to sacrifice all of them to take down Midnight. You know what? Morally, correct. <laughs> you know what? You kill, like, it's not even that many infected slaves. It's, it's like... 20. Yeah. Just a ha- like a handful. Of your empire. Out of, you know, however hundreds. This thing's been around for 400 years. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, that is not a significant... That is a... Decent trade, I would say. You know, I'm not fucking Osiris, but if I were weighing this guy's heart, I would be like, you know what? You're cool, man. Yeah. Karmically, Does fine. it suck that those people all have to die? Well, you're also dying. Like, you know, and so yeah. you're not trying to do anything. You're not trying to get would, away with it. Yeah. <laughs> you're not doing anything you wouldn't do yourself. Do yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can die and I can die. We will all die for this thing. For the greater good. And like, the the, it's, good. they say, like, this guy is like, this is why I left my people. This is why I've lived in exile yeah. because I saw that this was my role to attempt to take down midnight and yes. he except he's lived in exile in a he's with his people hating <sighs> yeah. him every time they're in the market which again you know obviously they're going to the market right but like everyone calls him a blood traitor like. yeah so like this guy has suffered to do this be here thing and this azteca comes in to cover their complicit ass and say we don't want to be blamed for this hey guess what if midnight's gone who do you have to give those people to? I know. Nobody. Right? Nobody. No one. If she loses four trainers, that's huge. Yeah. Even if they didn't get yeah, Jessica. It's so much management. <laughs> I know. Your middle management is gone. Right. Like, who do you have left? Daryl's not a trainer. He doesn't right. fancy himself one yet. Oh, There's like, what? The fucking twins that no one knows? Yeah, I've never... I don't even know who you're I talking don't even about. Know. I don't know. Like, they get randomly mentioned here and there in the fucking boards. But like, Alejandra didn't know. Right, and she didn't know that Jessica was infected. Right, that's the only reason I'm like, okay, whatever. But the timing of you guys were far away in probably Mexico and isn't 
midnight, like, we figured it's in, like, Montana or something. Uh, like, Idaho or something. Yeah, Idaho or Montana. Somewhere really far away. And it's like, you couldn't have shown up a day later? Oh, of, like, just after we affect Jessica. Yeah, we then just this lady shows up her. with her arrow. She, she couldn't have shown up. And how did she figure out? She doesn't know Chantel magic. Well, the lady, like, smelled it on him or whatever. The oh, first yeah, lady yeah. smelled it on Vance. But she wouldn't have known what it was. I guess I don't understand why Alejandra knew it was the Chantal guard and that to kill him would be the, the solution to the puzzle. Yeah, she does come in and sort of clock the situation real quick and then just... Yeah, you show up, you say, they aren't my dad. She's like, uh, Snake, Quetzal, Snake, Chantal. Cougar, or whatever yeah. Chantal are. It must be you. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe she, like, just, smelled that he was a maybe, witch. I don't, know. I don't know. Whatever. There's no indication to me that any of these cultures know each other's shit. Well, and yeah, and this is all just stuff that we have to sort out later because it happens so quickly. So fast. Just like one arrow, so one dead. chapter later, we're wrapping up the series. It's the last chapter. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and just like the fact that, again, it's these people covering their own asses. Like, oh, we're going to let the system continue because I don't want to, me personally, suffer the consequences for you, this thing. You know what I would do if we were the Azteca? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, all right. So she's down four trainers. She's down, yeah, she's down four trainers. Who volunteers to go Don't to midnight? Shoot Jessica in right? the head. And like they are weak. You can go in there. You might get hurt, but you're a shapeshifter, so you can heal pretty fast. Like I'll graft a fucking yeah. knife to your bone or something. I, you know, like get in there, how, remove the head, destroy the brain. Let's how go. do you know Jessica's not gonna get infected? Right? Maybe give it a little more time. Give it some you time. Know, let him let him hold it up. Through. Maybe you don't. Go back to that market. Right, right. Make Jessica come get your get her oh, people you want, herself. You want to come get people. Come from to the Mexico. Azteca? Like get, get my get people. down here. Yeah, it's so weird that the Azteca feel like they need to address the situation it's like now. Strange. It's very, strange. but it's it's real stupid. So, which makes of course the fact that there's nothing changed by the end of this book. Right. Very everybody's, frustrating. Everybody's fine. The trainers everybody's, are healed. Vance is just you know. Vance is just no longer living at midnight. Yeah. He's now part of the Obsidian Guild. So anyway, they free Malachi. They And this leads into the next book. Mm-hmm. The payment that Jessica requires for all of their suffering is now transferred to the Chantel. Yep. And she decides that the only acceptable payment is royal a Sucre. Yeah. yeah. Or royal blood or whatever. Which a Sucre would be. Which is, which is going to get us into like one of the worst characters oh. in this whole fucking Feels world. So she gets the worst. And we already know where her plot goes. Right. Fucking is the, why, why are we being coy? That's not it's the Sacri from PTK. Yeah. The one who, uh, pet is yeah. what they call like, her. What Jaguar. What Jaguar. Because Jaguar gets her. Why yeah. do you give her to Jaguar? I don't know, man. Like, is he, he doesn't ever strike me as Jessica's favorite. She's so shitty to him in Midnight Predator. Maybe she's given to Jaguar because Jaguar is known to be pretty awful. Is he? Yeah. Okay. That doesn't seem like a reward for Jaguar so much as a punishment for the Sacri. Mm, okay, I guess that's fair. So at the end of it, Vance uh, is given that choice. Like, okay, you can go here. We'll say just read it. It's uh, I don't have pages. Oh. <laughs> so right now, you have an invitation to return to the Azteca. A blood witch is barely a step below royalty. Your lifestyle would be like the one to which you're accustomed. Because this Alejandra goes to Vance. She says, "Hey, come with us." I'll teach you how to use your med. That other lady read the wrong manual. She had she hadn't gotten the updated like 
policy for yeah. abducted children. We've never lost a fucking blood witch before. <laughs> so like, no, if you come with us, we will train you how to use your magic and you'll be like a priest god. Okay. <laughs> so that is the offer. Or he can go with Obsidian, who are outlaws. Yeah, they're, you know, they don't have homes. They sleep in tents. It's real, you know, it's real uncomfortable. So... Your lifestyle would be more like the one to which you're accustomed. And Vance says, yes, it would be. Thinking of Callista and Felix and Elizabeth and Joseph, the children in the East Wing, and all the slaves who had cooked for me and cleaned up after me most of my life. I thought about Celeste, who had to be protected and taken care of, but would never be considered worthy even of a golden cage. She's blind. That's the, the yeah, slave the Jaguar talks about in mid then I thought about Misha, who had gone into a trainer's cell, and how, for folks like us, it's better not to give too much thought to what happened to her there. Oof. I had been taught that kneeling to Jessica was polite and right, because she was better than I was. Maybe this was the potential Jaguar had seen in me. I didn't want to be polite. Since that, what the fuck is that? Uh, I, yeah, when I got to that line, I was like... Jaguar had seen that you didn't want to be polite. No, all he had seen is that you were polite. Uh, Vance never has an impolite thought. Like, no, what are you talking about? Not, not at all. Even when he's like, "I love them, but they need to end." Right. Like, like, yeah, he's so fucking torn. To imply that he's some sort of like polite. rebel is wild. Um, there was also uh, before you do move on from mm-hmm. that, it's uh, good to mention that uh, Jaguar basically saw in Vance that he wanted to make him an, a trainer in the future. Yes, that was yeah. the plan for Vance. That was, was super to creepy. make him a trainer. Yeah. So, I didn't want to be polite. I didn't want to be led. Such a lie. I didn't want to be comfortable if that meant... Okay, so this is what they're saying. I didn't want to be comfortable. He saw that he was uncomfortable with his privilege. I didn't want to be comfortable if that meant I needed to accept that my comfort came by the grace of those who were more important than I could ever be, and on the backs of others who were less than dirt beneath my feet. Not that those who think they're better than me, the grace of those who were more important than me. Like, it's not him saying, these people in charge shouldn't be in charge. No. It's, I I don't don't want want the grace of those who are more important than me. Right. What? I don't want my life to be impacted by somebody who can just snap their fingers and decide that I should have my neck broken. That's fine for them to do that. Others who were less than dirt beneath my feet. Like, I know you're trying to say, I don't think that these people are better than me. I don't think that these people are dirt. But you really need to say, uh, I didn't want my comfort to come by the grace of those who thought they were more important than me on the backs of those who they thought were less than dirt. Because otherwise, this line just reads like, I don't want these people who are better than me, and I don't want to deal with people who are less than me. Right, so it's like, I don't want to have to think about this. Yeah. So then he says, uh, you know, I think it would be just like that. So like going to the Azteca would be just like staying with Midnight. As becoming a trainer in Midnight. So Katie says, you're in for a rude awakening, little bird. He says, at least I'll be awake. Literally fucking woke. Literally woke. And then at the very end, all I knew was whether the walls were rough stone or golden bars, a Quetzal couldn't live in a cage. So, yeah, there's this weird tirade at the end that sort of frames it as this thing that it really isn't. Yeah, he needed to wake up probably around page 100, Mm. not page 235. Oh, no, he didn't even wake up in 235. It was like 244. Either way, he needed to wake up real fucking fast for him to be like, 
I'm not going to be polite. I don't want to be led. Yeah. I'm going to make my own decisions. You tell me I'm free, so I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, he needs to be a little more of a brat, honestly, yes, for him yes. to... Oh, God. Vance is a brat. That would help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for for this thing that you're asserting, like, Jaguar saw that you didn't want... Or he, he needs to object more to the way people are treated, if sure. that's, like, what you're trying to say. Then he needs to be like... Well, when he finds Elizabeth and she's too ill and she's, like, dumped some stuff all over the ground, Jaguar could be, like, going to, like, grab her or being, like, slave, what are you doing? And... and Vance could step in and be like, don't. She's yeah. sick. Can't you see that? Like, God, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Really, the only thing he does is object to cutting Elizabeth and be like, are you sure she's okay with this? Like, that's the yeah. only, like, resistance and he puts And that's not up. being a brat. No. and that's, He's more scared and shaking. And he's like, I can't fucking do this. <laughs> that's showing the bare minimum amount of humanity and empathy for other people. Yeah. Like, it's so, so weird. That's very strange. All right. That's the end of this book. Yep. Um, It's bad. It's super bad. It's bad. I feel like we've discussed all the reasons why. We did get into it as we went around along yeah. the plot. It doesn't know what it's doing. It's doing what it thinks it's doing very badly. Yeah. It just, as you read it, you go, what the fuck is happening? And then he makes his switch, you know, 30 pages from the end. And you're just like, I'm not picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> that doesn't feel right. Like, yeah. I wanted this, but it doesn't I did. feel right. I did, but you didn't earn it. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, fuck yeah, let's take down Midnight. We're going to kill Jessica. We're going to kill maybe even one of the trainers. Like, if anyone should have died, it should have been Jaguar because he was the first one Mm -hmm. who drank. Yeah. It would have been great to have it have been Taro because... The one who's important to Vance. The one who's important to Vance. And as far as I know, we never saw him in any of the previous Den books. Oh, so he's expendable. Yeah. Um, I have said multiple times, but now I'm on record, this book really could have benefited from obviously a lot of things. But let's just start with the bare minimum of new characters that the author created to kill. To die. Yeah. Let us have one of the the trainers die. If you didn't want to kill Taro because you'd already thought of everything about him, make another gentleman trainer for Vance to have been attached to. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We, we don't, don't know anything about these people. Doesn't matter. Even fucking, you know, Gabriel is barely a character yeah. in, in these in the world. published work. Yeah. So, like, either make a new character or make Taro the one who feeds first and do that. Give us anything, any of these villains to die. These rapists. These horrible fucking people. But no, instead, everyone who is bad lives. I mean, oh, and that's the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Like, they do, and as far as framing goes, they do ever discuss the Chantel's actual plan, which was, you know, oh, I'm going to you know, we're going to kill us and these trainers and Jessica and these 20 humans, right? And then Katie, I think it's Katie comes in. She's like, well, you know, he's actually just as bad because he was going to let 20 humans die to kill five super powerful vampires. Like, Katie? Katie, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, And and unfortunately, she's going to be our point of view character for the next book. But it's just like, it's again, it's the author coming in and being like, maybe everybody's terrible. Everybody's bad. If you would kill 20 if people kill who 20 are innocent humans, yeah. to take down five really bad vampires. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm here with a trolley problem for you. I would be like, so I can go this track and first I will run over 20, 20 humans, humans and then the four of us. And then those five bad vampires. Who have ruled a slave rape empire for 400 <laughs> years. 
after the five train is here, there's no more bodies no more on bodies. the track. If I go on this, oh, it's, yes. it's so many. It's like, it's thousands more bodies. All of these people, the trainers are going to beat and kill and turn into slaves. All of the kids that are going to be forcibly bred from them. Just keep going. Which one do you want to do? But actually, they're both equally bad. The fact that there's still two more books before Midnight <sighs> Falls. I mean, spoilers, people. Sorry, but whatever. Yeah, Midnight Falls. Don't worry, nobody dies. Yeah, nobody dies. It's except for slaves. slaves. But it's fine because they're robots, basically. We turn off the robots. We unhook them from the, <laughs> the fucking VCRs they're attached to. No, this book is awful. It's bad. It's bad. But we knew it was bad, but we forgot. I, I forgot so much about this book. I really didn't know it was this. I didn't know that it was like ethically an awful book yeah. because you think you mostly remember the the third book and all the right. Misha shit right which is really yeah. bad but yeah. like because i currently i don't stand her but if i had to pick one if someone was like you have to stand someone i stand the chantel i was gonna say i would stand the chantel <laughs> but then i would want misha but i'd need her to be a slightly better character oh I mean, yeah you need her to be a better character and we'll we'll talk about misha yeah, like we when will. we get we'll to get blood to trader we can talk about some of the ways that she's portrayed in blood witch yes. because there is it starts here but mm-hmm. we've gone for so long i know i know we've been after um two. I don't even remember what we're talking about. It's bad. It's a bad. We're talking book. about the fact that someone published this book and then also let it oh, be a series. That was the thing. I when I finished this book the first time, I remembered it being about a kid breaking out of privilege and like you know, I, it was 2014. I was just barely like trying to understand. So like, so I was like, yeah. oh no, it's that's a good like theme. And now like reading it, you know, however many years later with like nuance or like any <laughs> conception of anything. Like, oh, I was an adult when I yeah. read it the first time. It was just dumber. But, like, no, this is just as bad as the shit that Blood Trader pulls. It's just differently bad. Yeah. I remembered this one being the least offensive of them, and I (laughs) I do think it is the least offensive of them. Okay. It will just be really funny because, like, this is our level of least offensive. Right. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's the one that says that you should let a slave empire continue, you know. Because because... you shouldn't do 20 people. Yeah. Yeah, that's the level. That's as... Good as it gets. <laughs> right. As good as it gets is Vance telling us that this, this one slave empire is bad and that complicity is also bad. Like, yeah. okay, well, and great. Going to his culture is bad because he'll be a little prince there too. Right. Right. Everybody is equally bad, Vance. <laughs> I would just be like, I'm not even joining the Obsidian. Goodbye. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like this is Amy dusting their hands and being like, saying everybody bad is bad is a nuanced take, guys. But it's just it's so lazy because it's like intellectually, I can't justify like deciding where my lines are. So my line is just going to say everybody's bad so that I don't feel like I have to make a choice. I don't have to, you know? choice. I don't have to kill my bad vampires and I can let my, my good Obsidian Guild live. Boop. All right, I think that's it. I think we're that's done. That's it, yeah. yeah. Next time on Backlist and Chill, we will be reading the second book, which is uh, Blood Kin. I feel like I remember the least about I've, this one. I don't remember. I cannot even tell you what species Katie is. Well, Katie's our narrator, and I know that she is at least half human, and that she hung out with a Chantel, and she hung out with a Serpiente, and I, if she's like one quarter Chantel and one quarter Serpiente, I wouldn't be fucking surprised. <laughs> you know, like just that's the level she is to me. So I don't remember. I don't know how we're going to get from where we are now to book three with her book in the middle. And there's like a intro short story before it too. That's about Katie, That's right? her, yeah. Okay. And not Vance, you know. Yeah. But whatever. So we'll come back. 
Season 13, Episode 2, Talk About Bloodkin. I'm Ollie, and you can find me on Twitter at Olivier Hennis. You can find the podcast there at Backlist Podcast. And remember, redbubble.com mm. slash Backlist Podcast. Come check it out. We got some silly stuff. If we say anything or make any jokes that you think are funny and you want to see on a sticker, you don't have to buy it. You just want us to make it. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. Let minimum us know. investment for us. I can <laughs> open up Photoshop for 20 minutes. Yeah. Throw, throw something on there. How about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at endless underscore run. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash backlist and chill because they actually have enough characters for our full podcast <laughs> name. Thank you, everyone who is our patron. Mm-hmm. You get these uh, silly, angry, rambly episodes mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Just yep. thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank yeah. you for being willing to read some of these awful books. I'm so sorry. I know. But all right. We shall see you next time. Bye. Bye.